Hey everyone, welcome back to the Castaway Consultants, where we teach future Survivor players how to play the game by criticizing past players. We're back with another episode of our Rewind series. We're talking about Season 26, uh, Survivor Caramoan Fans vs. Favorites 2, the post-merge tonight. We're going to finish this season up. But before we get any further than that, we have some big news. Congratulations, Derek Kubicek. You are now officially a super fan. You've seen every season of Survivor, American Survivor. Woo! Yeah! Congrats, Derek. You're one of us now. And you know what? I I don't feel all that different. It's kind of like the day that I got married. It's like, yeah, we, we knew this was going to happen. But there is there's a sense of satisfaction knowing that Nobody out there has seen anything on U.S. Survivor that I haven't seen. Now, whether or not I remember it or can recite it is a different story. And now, fun listeners, even though I can't be your Virgil, I can't be the the first time viewer with you anymore. If that's the reason you stuck around, you know, I, I'm guess so, you gotta stop listening. I, I, I guess you have to unsubscribe now. I'm sorry, but I get to play the memory game like Josh from here on out. True. For seasons 27 all the way through the end of the Rewind, 38. 38. 38. Man, we land on a low note. (laughs) You know, that's the way she goes. Uh, It'll be a fun ride, though. And and Derek, as far as, like, memorability goes, good luck. I feel like you have thought that it's easier than what it actually is. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't judge you at all. I I do. I absolutely do. Because it is so much easier to remember things after, you know, watching them for sure once, sometimes twice, and then also talking through every single episode on a podcast. That helps your memorability immensely. I will tell you that. But I'm excited to see here in the late 20s and early 30s how absolute little Derek and myself remember. I will be disappointed if there's a returner that I don't get. So of everyone seasons one through 26 now, if a returner comes back and I don't remember them, I will be disappointed in myself. Well, to be fair, even in 27, when we got there, the first time 27 aired, there was people I didn't remember. <laughs> and this is me we're talking about. So <laughs> don't be too hard on yourself <laughs> with a couple of these people. But before we get into 27, we have to finish 26, Caramoan post-emerge. Uh, the point of this podcast is we rewatch the Survivor, so you don't have to. There's lots of Survivor. You can't watch it all. You need to pick and choose. We're here to tell you which ones are must-watch Survivors. Now that we have finished 26, Caramoan, is this must-watch Survivor? Man, post-merge Caramoan was much better than pre-merge Caramoan. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I can think of anything new to learn here that we don't see in Micronesia or, frankly, even in, in China, just because it is a close parallel to one of my favorite players of all times, uh, in my opinion. But for entertainment, I think there's enough here to, to say that this isn't horrible and uh, you can feel safe to go and watch it. There's nothing really nasty in it, like in the pre-merge, and it's not all that boring. So It's a little nasty. Th- there's there's one moment that gets pretty low, but I wouldn't let that spoil this entire post-merge for me. So I'm going to fall on it's not must-watch Survivor, but at the same time, I highly encourage you to go watch it, and there's nothing really to worry about. Yeah, I'm going to say no, not must-watch Survivor. Uh, yes, Derek's correct. It is better than the pre-merge, mainly because it's not boring and not insufferable uh, at many times. Overall, it's a fun winner because the person, you know, is likable, 
without getting into spoilers, I guess. But at the same time, like it still is kind of boring in a way because it just seems like a you're it, it seems like a walkthrough season. And I don't I don't know how else to explain it, but especially going into uh you know the finale, it just it just felt that way. The finale fell extremely flat mostly because of one main uh, event that ended up happening right away in the finale. But at the same time, it doesn't land on a high note whatsoever. So uh, I I don't really think that there's anything like overly redeeming about the post merge that would make me say, yeah, you have to go watch this season and trying to be a little bit picky here. I there's parts of the season. I like there's one tribal council in particular. That's basically God tier. Agreed. And so there are fun moments in this post-merge, but overall I wouldn't describe it as wholly entertaining. It just has some fun moments, as most Survivor seasons do. From a game theory perspective, I do think there's merit to watching this season. So if you are really studying and and why you're like listening to this is you want to be on Survivor and you want to understand the game, I think there is some merit to watching this post-merge, and we're going to talk about that kind of stuff tonight. But you can listen to us first, then go back and, and watch it and see what we mean a little bit. But I don't think it's overly entertaining and there's there's like a couple of kind of gross moments or maybe not gross but just like eh, it, it kind of leaves me feeling dissatisfied and just kind of like eh. and you describe this as the the trashy era of yeah. reality television this I mean, is it, the trashiest it, season of survivor it's it's the jersey shore era of reality tv yeah and you could tell at least i felt like i could tell that the producers were pushing for a few of those moments and it's the it's the Jerry Springer of Survivor. It it's it's and it's the only season like that, I think, which is good. So, yeah. Like I said, there's some game theory stuff here, particularly Malcolm's journey. I would pay attention to that. I think that is the most interesting and has ramifications in terms of strategy in the future. Um but beyond that, there isn't too much here. It's not must-watch Survivor, but if you are here to study, there's lessons to be learned here. And and let's talk about that a little bit more after we get into yeah, spoiler section. Absolutely. So let's just go in. Josh, wait, sorry, Josh, do you have something? Yeah, just kind of like one other thing, I guess, just since you guys kind of talked about it being like a trashy <laughs> version of Survivor. I've I did, like I have no proof behind this, like ratings wise or anything like that, especially since I started watching Survivor very shortly after the, this season. But this feels like the type of season that would cause someone, especially since it was in 2012. It seems like the like exact season that would cause a lot of people to stop watching survivor and feel like it's just like and hey, we're kind of going through the motions or like it, we're being fed a certain like narrative that doesn't feel like natural survivor anymore and it, it just seems a little bit forced so it's like eh, i'm out i could i could absolutely see a lot of people ditching after a season like this it's very interesting you say that all more to talk about on this front at the end of the season as they tease season mm-hmm. 27 there's there's okay. a moment in, a very important moment in survivor right there Luckily, it turns out to be the end of the Dark Ages, but it, it looks like it's just deepening into the Dark Ages. So we'll talk about that at the end uh, when we get to the reunion show stuff. But let's get into spoilers. Three, two, one. Cochran wins the season. And and specifically, Cochran plays a, a perfect game. The second and, and most recent perfect game. Yeah, who was the first one? JT. It was JT and Token Sheens. These are really our only two? Only two. Only two. Wow. And, and reminder, perfect game is you get every single jury vote. And no one casts an elimination vote for you during the season. There is one other contestant who got all the jury votes and he received votes at one tribal council where he played an idol. So technically no votes counted against him, but it is generally not considered a perfect game because votes were cast against him. They weren't counted. Uh, that we haven't gotten to yet. Yep, we haven't gotten to that one yet. But I, I think now is a good time. So 
I, I'm so grateful that I don't need to remain unspoiled on anything in U.S. Survivor anymore. But there were two things that I knew or I felt I knew going into this. One, I knew that Cochran won. Cochran is a meme in the Survivor community, and you can see exactly why. I mean, his confessionals are one of the things that help you get through the boring parts of season 26 where he's just talking himself up and, you know, talking about sitting at the bar with the cool kids, except he's got to be two seats away because he's got a lady on each side. Well, and... don't spoil the fina- the final trouble. Council, well, no, Derek. I'm just, I'm just saying like we were, we were talking about how this isn't must watch survivor, but if you want to be in on the joke, if you want to be in on the legend of Cochran, you need to, Watch this post-merge at the very least. Your mileage may vary on that one. The people who like the season like Cochrane. The people who don't like the season don't like Cochrane. It depends on how endearing you find Cochrane as a character. And your mileage is going to vary wildly on that one. Well, and, and I think it's a good time to talk about this as well. Because on Cochrane's first season, he was a little bit more lewd. And I didn't really care for him that much. And it wasn't until the reunion show that I was even willing to come back around and give him a chance. This time, he turned a lot of those confessionals more inward it was self-deprecating it was self-aware and then it he kind of plastered that on to the side of the game like some kind of uh, nerdy wallpaper and so i thought the way that he presented himself on tv this time was radically different from the first time radically and i much more enjoyed his character here he's fine yeah i it's it's weird because cochran is the exact type of character who i feel like i should love but something just seems forced about it I don't know if it was just like the way it's edited. It just seems like his entire thing is just going into this season. Like, I, I didn't think that there was like a giant character arc with Cochran this season. I felt like that had already changed going into day one. So a lot of that, that ends up being talked about at Final Tribal eventually. I just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me since they focused on that like a ton. Overall, I, li- I like Cochran though. Yeah. I, I, it, it would help if the season overall was better. <laughs> And then the other thing that I knew, I knew that Superfan Eric got medevaced. I didn't know the exact circumstances. I actually thought that he was going to fall into a fire. Uh, Michael Scoopin nope, style. No, we don't need a name. <laughs> well, I, I thought he was going to fall into a fire. And it turns out he was just starving to death. So that's much better. Uh, no. Uh, so I knew that he was going to get medevaced. I was pretty sure it was at fifth because I think he got fifth both times mm-hmm. that he played. Uh, So there's kind of a meme out there, and Eric is very active on social media. So if you like one Survivor tweet, you're going to get Eric. Um, And he's pretty open about his experience. So I knew those two things going in, but everything else, I knew nothing. That's surprising. I I was not spoiled whatsoever on that. I I had no idea that he was my first time watching that. That ended up happening to him. And I think this is a good time to, you know, say this, but... uh, my winner pick ended up winning, uh, and I was not spoiled on him at the time either. I knew of Cochran going into the season, obviously, but I actually didn't know that he ended up winning a season of Survivor. I thought that he was just kind of a, a character that lived on throughout Survivor, and that's why he was a noticeable name. That's it. It does help that he shows up as a mentor for an episode in Survivor Game Changers. Mm-hmm. There's one episode appearance. Well, should we jump back into this? Yep, back into the regularly scheduled castaway consultants so we're at the merge we have eight favorites left in the game four fans we'll go over them in our winner picks real quick on the favorites we have corinne kaplan returning from survivor gabon philip shepherd returning from survivor redemption island malcolm freeberg returning from survivor philippines andrea belke returning from survivor redemption island 
Brenda Lowe, returning from Survivor Nicaragua. Eric Reichenbach, returning from Survivor Micronesia. Don Meehan, returning from Survivor South Pacific. And John Cochran, returning from Survivor South Pacific. And then we have our four fans, our these poor, poor fans. <laughs> Sherry Beethman, a fast food franchisee from Boise. Eddie Fox, a fireman slash EMT from New Jersey. Reynold Topfer, a real estate salesman from San Francisco. And Michael Snow, an event planner from New York City. That is our 12. That's where we're at. Our winner picks, Josh, you mentioned you had Cochran. Derek, you had Don. Yep. And I have Malcolm. So we'll see how this goes for us. Spoilers, it's going to go pretty well for Josh. All doing good so far. But we're all still in it, and these are all our original winner picks. So good for us. And at this point, I would say that all three could win. Yep. That'll change. That, I mean, of course, that, that will change. As it does. But uh, all right, you guys ready? Yes. Yep. Episode 8, Blindside Time. All right. So we get the merge. And uh, Philip and Andrew immediately plan to take out, like, the bros, your Eddie, your Reynolds, uh, and then eventually Malcolm. And they plan to go to the end with Cochran and Don. So that is the final four that they have in mind. Corinne and Malcolm want to go to the end and bring in Reynolds, Eddie, Michael, and Eric with the plan to vote out Sherry, because nobody likes Sherry, and then overthrow Philip. So they can take out Sherry easily on ICC vote, and then I'll, they'll have the numbers six to five and the throne stealth are us. Okay, cool. Do it. Please, it'll help my entertainment of the season. The sooner we get out, Philip, the better. Dude, I was rooting so hard for them when the season aired the first time. Like, please, please do this. Oh, absolutely. I I think most people would have been in that case. So we're going to get a classic gross food immunity challenge. Yeah. Uh, and John Cochran gets his first ever individual immunity win. Takes down Malcolm by about a second in the end. And Cochran wins immunity. It's pretty cool. It's a great moment. I think it might have been less than a second. Yeah. That was photo finish. Yeah. Closest finish since uh, the race in cars. <laughs> yes. So, Philip wants to split the votes between Eddie and Reynolds. Take out one of them. Yeah, fair. Those two are, are kind of dangerous wild cards. Corinne wants to take out Sherry. Keep it simple. <sighs> oh, Corinne. I love you so much. You're not very good at Survivor. If Stealth or Us wants to do a big split vote plan, great. You keep your forces together, and you have them, the Stealth or Us, split their votes, and you have the number advantage. You don't need to fight with Philip out this. Just vote. You, you got this. Philip is just way too easy to fight with. We're going to blame Corinne, and, and she deserves yeah, it. Absolutely. But at the same time, I'm a little bit sympathetic here. Oh, it's like, oh, I'm sympathetic this for be so hard. having to deal with Philip, but like the correct option is slapping you in the face. Well, it's hard because. They do, in essence, convince Philip to vote for Sherry. That's not why the potential insurrectionist plan fails. No, 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 no. But, like, we didn't need to get to the, the failed part of this plan. Like, the success was laid out for them perfectly, and Corinne blows it. Can you add some more context for this? Because I'm I'm not quite remembering it this way. Philip wants to split the votes between Eddie and Reynolds. Yes. So let's say, what what's that? It's three and three. It's going to end up being in Corinne's forces can just go right at the middle and take out whoever they want, and with six votes or five votes. If, if Seltharest splits, Corinne's group can, can do their own thing. So you get, and, and that's because there are two wild cards in Seltharest in Malcolm and Corinne. Yeah, it could be like a five or three vote, and you yeah. take out Philip if you want. Sure. So Corinne blows this huge opportunity, but she's not done yet. The hits keep on rolling for Corinne. So Corinne's plan hurts her and Malcolm, and then Michael, Eddie, Reynolds, and then Malcolm mistakenly believes he has Eric. He never had Eric. Uh, we'll get more into that in a second. But Corinne wants to bring in Don as their seventh. And she she's like, hey, here's my plan. We're going to take out Sherry. And the next time we will take out Philip. 
And Don's thinking, I want to go to the end with Philip. Are you kidding me? So Don is immediately going to blow up Corinne's plan and tell all of Stealth or us. And they're like, cool, we'll take out Corinne. We'll get Sherry in with us. We'll get Eric in with us. And boom, we got it. And so it's going to end up being Eric is the swing vote here. And, and Eric is such an enigma this season. Because it turns out Eric is like actively trying to avoid strategy. At one point, he's talking to Andrea. And they're all by their new merged tribe flag. And it has all their names on it. And he's just like, okay, just point to the name you want me to vote for. Because the big thing with Eric this season is he he touched the... It, last time in Micronesia, he touched the stove, the hot stove, and he got burned. He does not want to be humiliated again. So he is trying to do the least risky moves he can make. And just, just play it safe all the way to the end. So that's the big thing we got to understand about Eric. Because he doesn't want to get burned again. Eric is never with the uh, Malcolm's group. He was always with Stelthoros, even if he does hate Philip. Yeah, Malcolm never had Eric, and that's a huge, huge hole in Malcolm's game this season. I was kind of confused at why Eric was just kind of a big nothing, it seemed like, this season. And that makes sense. He's kind of overcorrecting. It's unfortunate. I wish he wouldn't have done that, yeah. but I guess I can kind of see why he does it. So he's in exactly the position he doesn't want to be in. He's the swing vote. <laughs> But we're going to go to Tribal Council. Yep, Eric and Don, never going to go with them. It's going to be seven votes for Corinne, five votes for Sherry. I think this is the right move because Eric should go with the person or group he trusts more at this point. And the person he trusts the most turns out to be Andrea. So sticking with Andrea makes sense for him. Cool. You have a group of seven, you have a group of five. The group of seven obviously wins and they take out a member of the five. The person who's actively most scheming against the seven, Corinne. Makes sense to me. Yeah, it it makes sense. It works. It's also a merge vote, so it's like sure. Um, as long as it's you know, not you, you get out someone, you get you get out someone who's kind of being a wild card. This is just overall just doing too much for Corinne. Uh, she need, I don't even think she needed to talk to Don, no. and she did. So it, I once she started to spread herself across so far, like that that's when it's like ooh a little, a little difficult because then I mean you still have five other people or four other people who are making the wrong decision now. So tricky. I, I want to add a little bit more context to how I remember this vote going down. So there were four fans left, eight favorites left. The reason that the favorites couldn't just do a true vote split is that if they do that, there are still four fans that can force a potential tie or throw an idol down on the right person and then a favorite goes home. So that's why they needed to focus fire on one person and it's why Corinne chose to like kind of force her hand and say, Sherry. But then because of that, Sherry defected into Stealth R Us and that's why the votes ended up being seven to five. I just wanted to add a little bit of context there to explain that I think this was a reasonable move for everyone because we ended up having the three guy fans, Michael, Eddie, and Reynolds, and then Corinne and Malcolm as mm -hmm. the five. So I just wanted to provide that context because this is a pretty key vote in what happens for the rest of the game. I think this was the right move. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. The, the only counterpoint to that is now you lost another favorite. So, like, if you are worried about the fans versus favorites dynamic and how that works out, like, you're definitely not going to be able to split votes now. So, I don't know. It, it was still, in my opinion, the right move, but it I probably would have also considered a little bit heavier trying to get one of the uh the fans out just to get them down to three and then you can take out some favorites and, and i want to check in with my winner pick and, and ryan you might need to help me with some of this but i'm going to check in with don for a second because corinne tried to wrap in don 
Correct. And Dawn, she says, I am not going to lose the same way that I lost last time. This is my game. The last time Cochran came to me and said that he was thinking about flipping, and I did nothing with that information. I should have. We're going to see several times in this post-merge people going to Dawn with information, and she's like, that's not good. Dawn doesn't want to be sitting next to the end with like a Malcolm and a Corinne necessarily because they are bigger personalities, bigger players on a season full of favorites who are less likely, less likely to be bitter. So she wants to go to the end with people that she thinks is more on her level, quote unquote, Dawn, I love you. But yeah, I think she's right to want to go with Cochran or Philip or the Eric. Uh, so I, I think that this is really good for Dawn. And then uh, once we finish this episode, we'll, we'll, let's get into the my breakdown, my ranking. Now yeah. every season of most likely win to least likely to win. We'll do that in a moment. Yes. Um, but we'll finish this episode first. As a reminder, Josh does not watch every single episode. He watches the premiere, the merge episode, the finale, which might be changing next season. Which might be changing. It might be. Um, but for now, with this season, which is all that matters at this moment, Josh, you did watch this episode. So who is your best player of the episode? Yeah. Past Josh said Don. And I'd agree with Past Josh, uh, mainly just because I think that she handled it the best here. You know, she learned from her uh, past season uh, and what she wanted to do with you know, her positioning in the game and her relationships. And, you know, time will tell whether or not it was the right move for her, but she did it confidently. And that is all I care about. I had Cochran, though I respect the Don pick because he was part of that plan to overthrow Karen. He also won immunity in a pretty, pretty epic way. And what's funny is he had a little celebration dance, which he even mentions, like, if most people did that, they'd be seen as an arrogant prick. Cochran can get away with it because, you know, he's the underdog. So it was just kind of a fun moment. I'm going to get mine to Cochran. Yeah, I'm going with Don as well. I can't fault the Cochrane pick, but I feel like without Don, Stealth R Us probably falls here. I can't fight you on that one. That is a very good point. Uh, Josh, how about worst player? And as a reminder, we cannot pick the first two as eliminated in the episode. Otherwise, it would be Corinne, but we can't do that. Um, Yeah, I, I had Malcolm originally written down. It, it's hard because most of the bad gameplay here was from Corinne. Correct. <laughs> so, so it's a little tricky, but you know... Wrong side of the vote uh, really is trying to dig into the Corinne and I think her words, a gay and a couple hotties, I think is what she said. Yep. Something along those lines. And that alliance uh, did not end up working out. And Malcolm is probably the worst off for it. Yeah, I also give mine to Malcolm because the majority six did this great. Looking at the five, we can't give it to Corinne. And then Michael, Reynolds, and Eddie are in such a bad position even going into the merge that like they're just desperate and trying to find anything to work for them i don't blame them at all for this so that leaves malcolm and his big thing is he was so convinced eric was with him and he was so wrong so uh malcolm's my worst player of the episode it's malcolm he's the one who only, he's the only one left who has egg on his face because he is now on the outs of his original alliance now it's a, it's a weird spot because they all voted for sherry which is what they were told to do by stealth or us so they still have like a little little wiggle room and they can try and say like no we weren't gonna turn on you we, we voted for sherry like we were told to so it's not over yet like malcolm hasn't been exposed but yeah it's still a bad episode <laughs> there's deniability yep. but everybody believes don and don has already circulated the information that right. there was uh, a coup a cooking so <laughs> he's got deniability but not plausible deniability <laughs> so corinne's out and the biggest bummer is she does not make the jury, which is hugely disappointing. Put her on the jury. That's why you have Corinne, to be mean at Final Trouble Council. 
just put her on the jury. I, I agree. Pull an audible. <laughs> if it was Eddie, fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> or, or, or Sherry, fine. I, 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 I love you, Eddie. I love you, Sherry. But you can kick him off the Do jury. Do you? Do they, you? They seem like good people. That's all that matters. Eddie's fun. Eddie seems fun. Uh, Corinne will not play Survivor again. She will end up being on The Amazing Race with Eliza. Eliza. Uh, fun pair. Fun pair. I liked them on The Amazing Race. Good times. All right. So um, before we go any further in the next episode, I want to talk about the ranking I do of every player, every season, best to worst, most likely to win, least likely to win. So here is what I have, and this is based on evidence within the show, exit interviews afterwards, and just general consensus from what we've heard from players and viewers and all this stuff. Top of the list is Cochran, and then Cochran beats everybody, just because he's got a good relationship with everybody. Andrea is next. Again, really good relationship with everybody, but she does make people paranoid at some points. Same deal with Malcolm. He pisses a few people off, but again, really strong players. Uh, then I go Michael, Brenda, Eddie, Reynolds, and that's just because Eddie is way more likable than Reynolds. Dawn, which I don't think that shows up until the very end, but she drew out, drew out everyone nuts this season. And then the bottom three, Eric, Philip, and Sherry. So I don't think Philip and Sherry can win, period. Their best chance is they go to the end with Eric because, you know, they could say Eric didn't do anything. Eric's very likable. But I do think uh, ideally the, the ideal final three here is Eric, Philip, and Sherry. Those three want a chance to win. So that's something to keep in mind. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, oof. And and if it's a final two, you would say that Philip beats Sherry. I do because nobody likes Sherry. There are a couple people who like Philip. And I think Philip did play a better game than Sherry. So I think Philip could be Sherry in a final two, which is insane. All right. Yeah. Sherry, Sherry's going to make it to the end and just get roasted over the fire more than like most final three contestants we've seen up to or finalist contestants up to this point. Just because nobody liked her. And she didn't really do much. And she thought that she was. And to be fair to Sherry, she was in a horrible position. She went into the merge in a terrible spot and had very little options. I don't really fault her and I feel a little bad for her. But yeah, she's got no chance. So that's something to keep in mind. Philip and Sherry at the bottom two. Those are the two you want to take to the end with you. As a first-time viewer, just to add a little bit of my input in case the, the listeners find that interesting, I was not getting yet that Dawn was really irritating people with her meltdowns and her paranoia. Like She'd had one, I think, in the pre-merge that we'd seen, but that's not uncommon, and it's also not a game-breaker for someone who has such a good relationship with everybody. Once we got to the end and we saw the, the, the vote split, with zero go to Dawn, that says everything. And it makes me rewrite everything that I saw in the post-merge. It has to. Yeah, Dawn had a meltdown every single day, basically. Yeah, and needed to excuse herself and go be alone and calm down. More importantly, she relied on other people to help her through it. Specifically Cochran the most, but you know, a little bit of everybody. And so she would build these relationships with people. And they would comfort her and basically keep her in the game, keep her head on straight a little bit. And then she would stab him in the back and do, you know, a, the right move. But people felt very betrayed by her. And that's why Don is so low on this ranking. The classic Amanda Kimmel, but like worse. Worse. Much worse. Episode 9, cut off the head of the snake. Philip is going to bring Sherry into Stealth R Us, make her numbers. And now they have a strong alliance of seven. And Sherry's like, cool, I want to go to the end with Philip. Yeah, you do. Good move. <laughs> Yeah, they, these two cannot win. They need each other. So, yes, let's do this. Eddie, Reynolds, Michael, Eric, and Cochran are going to win reward. And Reynolds is going to try and pitch like a boy's line. So, let's, let's do this, bros. Let's bro down. Let's bro hard. And Reynolds is like <laughs> peak douche at this reward challenge. And God damn, do I love it. Just now is he peak douche? I think <laughs> Reynolds peaks with his douchey behavior at this reward challenge. I really do. I think this is peak douche Reynolds. And I'm so here for it. It's so funny. 
and so douchey. <laughs> and you know that resonates real well with someone like Cochran. He's got a great confession. He's like, this idiot thinks like broing down is the way to like win me over. Are you kidding me? Has <laughs> he? As take one look at me. No, he does feign interest, but yeah, no, it's never gonna happen. Malcolm is gonna try and get Don and Sherry to join him, and they immediately ran him out to stealth our us. Copy paste with Don. It's very funny. So the new plan is to tell Malcolm they're splitting the votes between Eddie and Reynolds and actually take out Malcolm because he's the most dangerous. Yeah. You hate to see yeah. it, but... but it's yeah. probably the right move for Stealth or Us. Yeah. Not even probably. It, it is. Andrew and Eddie are going to start a showmance to like get info from each other. So we're going to get a little info back and forth here throughout their runs on this show. Eddie's second showmance of the season. Yep. <laughs> We get the last gasp immunity challenge, one of our favorites, where mm-hmm. you have to stay underwater and uh, under the bars and just stay calm. But Brenda is going to win it this time. Malcolm's plan is he wants to target Andrea. He thinks Philip is kind of the figurehead of Stealth or Us, where Andrea is really the brains behind the operation. So he, again, he's trying to get Don in to make a move. They they have four, and they just need a couple more. to like They need Sherry and Don to make a move. And so he's talking to Don about this. And he's like, we have an idol. We can make a big move here. Jess Reynolds to see his idol. He complies, and he then he gets kind of, like, real douchey with her classic Reynolds and tries to, like, intimidate her, like, if you screw me with this, like, kind of threatening behavior. This doesn't go over well with Don. She's like, well, now I'm definitely not working with you. You don't want to do this, period, but yeah. you especially don't want to do this when you're down in the numbers four to a seven. That's bad math. Gotta be nice to people. You know, Reynolds, Reynolds much better off if he, like, appeals to her emotions, like, please, please, Don. Please don't screw me over with this. Pretty please with sugar on top. Much better route to go than like trying to threaten her. I'm just trying to put my kids through college. <laughs> you know, like, like like appeal to emotion. Something like that, yeah. Appeal to fear. So Eddie and Andrea talk because Eddie's like desperately wanting to get information. Unfortunately, Eddie's going to be the one to spill beans because he reveals to Andrea that Reynolds may have an idol. And he like lets that slip. And she's like, wait, Reynolds has an idol? He's like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he might. <laughs> and, who knows <laughs> and then he's like and, and your name may or may not have been thrown around oh eddie you self-described idiot <laughs> <laughs> what's wild though is this does change the trajectory of stealth r us mm-hmm. at least for a vote so even though it was silly and idiotic it kind of worked out for the better i mean Depends on your perspective, because Andrea's going to scramble. She's going to get panic and scramble, and she's going to piss off her entire alliance by changing the vote to Michael, because he's the, the one name no one has brought up yet. And everyone's really mad at her for doing it. She's right, though. She's 100% right. You have to know who you're working with, though, at the same time. Yeah. Especially when that one of those people is someone like Philip, who... If he's not in control and the one making decisions, oh, good luck with that going forward. But if the other option... It, it's your two choices. You go home or you piss off your alliance. You got to go pissing off the alliance and, and hope you can rebuild it. And maybe in the next time you could be like, I told you so. Listen to me. That's all you can hope for. Yeah, because otherwise Andrew very likely goes home here if this doesn't change. So we get to Trouble Council. Philip is going to yammer a lot. And I think he's trying to get people to play idols because he doesn't think Michael has one. So he wants other people to play other idols. So... Malcolm is going to get really nervous, and he's going to throw his vote on Reynolds for plausible deniability. He's going to abandon the plan because he's so nervous. Then, Reynolds is going to get up to play his idol, 
And Malcolm's like, yo, hold up, bro. They're going to play. They're going to vote me out. So give me the idol. It's very obvious. Philip was talking about me. And Reynolds gives Malcolm the idol. And Malcolm is safe. <laughs> and it is going to be seven votes for Michael, three votes for Andrea, one vote for Reynolds. So Malcolm votes for Reynolds and gets his idol from him and wastes it. But who cares? It's not his idol. And it is freaking hilarious. <laughs> Well, and again, without Eddie's slip-up, this might have been correct. Yeah. It almost felt scripted the way Reynolds stood up, and then Malcolm was like, stop. And then, you know, Reynolds, like, superhero underhanded him the the, the, the immunity necklace like an infinity stone. And I think Reynolds is just such a physical specimen that whatever he does in movement, it looks like a superhero move. That's what I think. I don't think this was scripted. But it, but it was, it was so uh, like theatrically douchey. Yes, like that, that's rental. Theatrically <laughs> douchey. But also like that's his personality like too. You know, because like it's not a douchey thing to give your idol up for someone else when you're in a situation like this. I think this was planned. I can't no. prove it. No, it wasn't. But regardless, go, going through it the first time, I had my suspicions that this was all planned and that Malcolm wanted them to vote for him and that Andrea very cleverly steered it onto Michael so they got what they wanted. Across the board, the idol gets burned and Michael's gone, a member of the Minority Alliance. Yeah, no, confirmed uh, this was Malcolm calling an audible at Trouble Council because he got nervous. Baller. Um, Heck of an audible. <laughs> but, yeah, so this is, um, if Eddie doesn't screw up, the, let's say the seven votes would go to Malcolm. Malcolm plays, gets the idol from Reynolds. Malcolm is safe. That is three votes for, actually, four votes for Andrea. And Andrea's out of the game. So Andrea saved herself with this Eddie info. Uh, pissing off her alliance, but she saved herself, so good for her. But Michael is gone, and he flips everyone off on his way out the door and calls them all turkeys. And I'm like, yes, bring back Michael Snow. Turkey? You turkeys. And then flips them off. Justice for the fans this season. For Honestly, some of them, anyway. Bring back Michael. Bring back Reynolds. <laughs> justice for some of the fans. And Hashtag justice <laughs> for some fans. Yes. For best player, I had Andrea. She... Forced to showmance with Eddie. She got information out of him. She switched the votes to Michael. She saved herself. Andrea. Ultimately, she saved herself. I think that's the key thing. And she drove a vote, which shows I have pull in this alliance. She owns this move, and it could have been a really big one. But instead, it was just run-of-the-mill, good baseline survivor. And that was her doing to Andrea. Past Josh ended up saying Don with a question mark. So also Don was very good. She played Malcolm. Like a fiddle. Yeah, because again, Malcolm had gone up to Don and Sherry, and Don had said, "Yeah, I'll con- I'll consider that. You know, that's it's something to think about. Am I on the bottom of this alliance, and can I go further with you?" So, like, those are the right words. It's the right actions. Like, had Malcolm gone home mm-hmm. here tonight, Don probably would be the best player because yeah. that was initially her plan. But you know, things had to change. A worst player, I had Reynolds. He tried to intimidate Don, which didn't go over well. He gave his idol to Malcolm, like dummy. <laughs> Reynolds. I actually I, I went with Eddie because I, I, I feel like Reynolds passing off his idol is more selfless, especially when you're in desperation mode. Like you gotta play the odds. But Eddie kinda, you know, gave up the game. That gave, is true. Gave up the game a little bit, and who knows? Andrea might have gotten home and uh, the minority alliance might have had, you know, uh, a little more weight behind them. They might have had a victory under their belt, if not for Eddie's googly eyes. The only reason that I didn't give it to Eddie is because he did form a genuine bond with Andrea, which, you know, that will help him later on. But... <laughs> he formed a genuine bond with Andrea that got exploited immediately. Uh, yes, yes. 
Um, <laughs> but I cannot argue with the Eddie pick. Like, it's they're both really bad. Well, past Josh did end up saying Reynolds. I kind of want to switch it to Eddie, though. Uh, it's totally fine. I think that's totally fair. And I'm, I, actually, I'm, going, I'm considering I'm going it. To. I'm, I'm okay. going to switch to Eddie. Yeah. So just, just know, I originally <laughs> would have agreed with you, Ryan. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to switch to Eddie, too. Yay! <laughs> but honestly, this is like 1A, 1B for me. Yeah. They're both terrible. <laughs> yeah. All aboard the Eddie train. But just because I, like, I want a little bit of synergy here because you were right. I don't think I'm wrong, but I think you're right. Oh. And I'm going to just jump on this train. Why not? Reynolds did plenty wrong. The only... My, my deciding factor, by the way, like, yeah, Reynolds tried to sway Don with fear. Yep. I don't think they had Don anyway. True. Uh, so, True. you know, it makes him look worse, but I don't think he was any worse for the wear. <laughs> episode 10, Zipping Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the best episode of the season, and an all-time great elite travel council. Absol- That's what we're getting out of this episode. Absolutely. Okay, so so Don cries a lot. Don melts down a lot. This is the most infamous one. We hear Don screaming in the jungle by the lagoon. She's calling for Brenda. So it turns out Don has a retainer, her bottom, I think two front teeth, retainer, fake teeth, and she's at the lagoon, and they accidentally fell out and went into the lagoon under the water. So Don is missing her teeth, and she's having a meltdown, threatening to quit the game. And Brenda dives into the water and finds him and gets him Don, back to Don. Genuine human moment. You can really feel the connection between these two. It's, it's, it's kind of a wholesome moment. Where this ends up going is one of my least favorite things ever in Survivor. It's disgusting. because, And especially when you know the backstory. Don was on a business trip. And I want to say Turkey? I could be wrong about where. But she ended up getting mugged. And during the mugging, she got hit in the face and her teeth got knocked out. And I also want to like reiterate, Don is like the nicest person alive. She has six kids, all adopted. She's just like a wonderful human being. And outside of the game, everyone only has nice things to say about her. And where this storyline goes is so disgusting and and hurtful, especially to someone who's as nice and, and like saint like as Don. So I, I'm I'm disgusted with where this goes, and we'll get more into that as we get later on. But this is the start of that. And it, it, it ends up being why Brenda is one of my all-time least favorite contestants, because I think what she does is, like, disgusting and irredeemable. To go to the Dawn side of the equation, because I feel like we need to check in on Dawn every once in a while, because, again, Dawn is a zero-vote finalist yep. as a favorite who did make huge moves this season and arguably is the reason that Cochran even has the ability to sit in the final three. Several times over, Dawn made that decision but these are the kinds of meltdowns where people felt like they were giving her sympathy and like i know that this is the biggest one and the most legitimate reason obviously there is some uh she's she's got very low self-confidence or low self-esteem with respect to her teeth mm-hmm. obviously it was a traumatic event mm-hmm. uh so you know there are a lot of things tied to this moment in particular but for those people who weren't out at the lagoon and don't understand the gravity they're just thinking Another yeah. Don meltdown. So now we are establishing a pattern here where Don is just too nice for Survivor. Yeah. Like, she has the ability to do the right thing, but she does not have the ability to do it in the right Survivor-esque way. She's too nice. And it sucks. And as viewers, we aren't given any of that context as well. Yeah. No, yeah. For anyone this... who's not watching this season, we don't, at least until uh, Final Tribal, we don't get to see, it. like, I don't think we see her face at all, like, really, with it out. Yeah. 
No, no, nope, really. nope. They, like, they don't mouth show it. at least. And Don's kind of covering her mouth up while this is happening. Mm-hmm. We'll get more into this at Final Trouble Council, unfortunately. The reward challenge, it's kind of fun because there's a section where they have to dig bags up out of the mud. Malcolm did this last season, this exact challenge, where he got to watch Jonathan Penner dig up the bags, middle of the challenge, all of them for his team because it's one at a time relay race style, and put them all in one corner, and Jonathan Penner's team goes on to win because he's got them all dug up ready. So Malcolm's going to do the same strategy, except he takes much longer to do it, and Reynolds sees him doing it, and Reynolds on the other team, and Reynolds copies it, so Reynolds' team wins. <laughs> like, oh, Malcolm, you almost had it. I love that they repeated it, though. Just like, oh, Malcolm, you remember this? Uh, uh. Yep. <laughs> well, and I and I thought that Malcolm's team was going to win because I remembered this, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, good job. He's, he's going to handle it, and then he couldn't find the last bag. So Reynolds, Don, Eric, Philip, and Cochran, they're going to go on reward. Philip is super annoying, and Eric's just kind of had enough of Philip. Eric, take Philip to the end. You want to go to the end with him. That's what you're learning here. Dawn cannot sleep. She's very paranoid. She's losing her marbles. She's convinced Andrea is going to flip on her and driving everybody nuts. Eventually, Dawn is going to get some sleep and calm down and be a little more rational. So sleep is important, folks. Get some sleep on Survivor. I know it's hard. (laughs) Don't be like Tony. Because Sleep. guess what? Being like Tony is is like being like Kim Spradlin. You can't do it. Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> Just stop. And what we hear from a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of the best players is that they sleep very little, unfortunately. Yeah, but get some sleep. If you start thinking crazy thoughts, get some sleep. So stealth the rest's plan. They're going to split the votes between Reynolds and Malcolm. Take out Reynolds. Reynolds wins immunity. So that's not going to happen. <laughs> Oopsie. This is kind of interesting because it's it's a challenge we've seen a bunch of times where basically you're on like a dock out at sea and you have to like run across the dock and then swim underneath it and do a couple of laps. Philip is going to sit out of this challenge for the first time ever. Someone is going to sit out with no like reward and he's just not going to do it. And basically he has some childhood trauma where he got like trapped under a dock and almost drowned. Totally fair. If it's not worth like some PTSD, sit out of the challenge. I You know, Philip's going to get a little roast a little bit for this. I have no problem with Philip sitting out of this challenge, you know, reliving a traumatic event might not be worth a million dollars to you. And, and and I get it. We had someone in my hometown who got trapped under a dock out on our one lake. Um, and that was just, it was a kid and it's, it's sad stuff. So yeah, yeah I, I don't like people who don't compete, but I also understand where life becomes bigger than the game. And this is one of those moments. So let's, you know, let's be nice to people. Yep. And I think as far as like any like negative ramifications or anything, it helps that this is an individual challenge. So if anyone's mad at him for doing it, why? He's just hurting his own game, like by doing that. He's not hurting your game. And not to be a prick, but Philip was never winning this anyway. Yeah, Reynolds was fresh off of a reward. Nobody was going to beat Reynolds except Malcolm. Malcolm is fresh off of Philippines and no reward. Yeah. So Reynolds was winning this challenge. Period. Yes, Reynolds was winning this challenge from the get go. So Stealthers' new plan—they're going to split between Malcolm and Eddie. Take on Malcolm. Cool. Easy. Easy. Done. Bye, Malcolm. What could possibly go wrong? Malcolm's got one idol. No one knows about it. The other idol got played. There's going to be an idol hunt. Malcolm is going to find it in front of, like, Andrea and Don. And they're like, eh, no big deal. We'll, we'll still keep the plan the same. He'll play his idol. Eddie goes home. Great. Veteran alliance move, by the way. Like, yep, we're just going to keep it the same. No need to scramble about it. Don't no need to stress. No need to worry. All right. Tribal Council. Malcolm is going to pull out his idol. And his second idol, and gave the other one to Eddie. <laughs> the looks on everyone's faces is just classic. And because you know we're we're an audio, we're a podcast. This means that Reynolds is covered, Eddie is covered, 
and Malcolm is covered exposing the remaining majority alliance. They have to cannibalize now. They have to. There's no choice. Yep. So there's a lot that's going to happen to this. This is this is a live tribal. They're very rare. This is one of them. Especially at season 26. Uh, by the way, I want to amend my statement. Assuming both idols get played, yes, yes. which they need to cannibalize. But I think it's a really interesting time because this is one of those legendary tribal councils. You said one of the few live tribals. Do we want to talk about what should happen or should we talk about what happens first? Let's do everything that happens. I got it all written down Love here. It. And cool. then we'll talk cool. about how this should have gone. <laughs> all right. Brenda is going to whisper to Don, like, should we take out Andrea? Okay. Then Malcolm, I think, makes a kind of a mistake. He says the three amigos, we now have the name. This is the three amigos alliance. They're going to vote for Philip because he isn't any fun to play with. He's a fun sponge. And he's also kind of the glue of Stalthoros. He's the concrete that holds them together. The problem with this is most of the rest of the tribe is like, okay, cool. We're going to find if Philip goes. It's not us. So, uh, and Eric, he's going to encourage it uh, because I think he wants to take this opportunity to take out Philip. So he's going to say like, hey, guys, remember the three amigos, they might not even play their idols. So we should definitely stick to the plan. Make sure they play their idols and Philip will go home. <laughs> Eric, don't do that. Why? You need him. Philip is going to say, hey, we'll stick to the plan. If I go out, then I go out. Philip, why? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, personally, I'm fine with this. But, like, if I'm Philip's coach, like, on how to play the game, Philip, why? <laughs> but what's going to happen to happening is Malcolm and Eddie do play the idols. It's going to be four votes for Philip. Eric is going to join the three amigos and vote for Philip. Four votes for Eddie. Two votes for Malcolm. Technically, Malcolm wastes his idol. Whatever. That's what happens. Philip is out of the game. What should have happened, I think, is they needed to not name Philip. They needed to say, we're going to vote for someone else. Who knows who it will be? Could be could be completely random. It'll be any one of you. Unless someone wants to approach us with a plan right now. You know, put it up the ball in their court and let them start throwing out names. Because by throwing out Philip's name, you give everyone an out. Philip's going to lay down on his sword. And nothing is really going to change for the three amigos. And, and you know... You you mentioned this to me. I we we were talking in between episodes. I did not watch this one live with with Ryan, but he he had come over and, and we were just visiting as we do. Mm-hmm. And he had mentioned, yeah, their big mistake was throwing out a name. And, and and I chewed on that for a little while because I I don't mind them throwing out a name and trying to coerce some people on the bottom to go ahead and jump on board because the people who are at the bottom of stealth are us. Like Andrea, who knows that she's going to be a big target. This is her opportunity to jump ship to another alliance and be fourth on the three amigos rather than sixth on Stealth R Us. But I think I like Ryan's version better with one modification. I think the three amigos ask Andrea, Andrea, what would you like to do? Put her on the spot and kind of force her to make a decision that cannibalizes the group and then see what happens. And maybe they have a plan B. Maybe they do something completely different, but find someone to isolate. That could be fun. Uh, Maybe isolate two of them and be like the first person to tell us what they want to do. There are so many things you can do when there are absolutely no possible ramifications that night. Yeah. They just, they they shouldn't have thrown out Philip's name that they screwed themselves by that. You know, I, I think the, you know, if I want to do a pop culture reference, this reminds me of Baron Zemo in uh, uh, Captain America: Civil War. The greatest empires, you know, if an empire is attacked by an outside force, well, they can rebuild. But if an empire destroys itself, that's 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 done. 
And so he got the Avengers to destroy themselves. And they never really came back together until Thanos showed up. This time, they didn't let Stealthros destroy themselves. They just took off one of their members. Yeah, and you're, so you're saying Stealthros might have turned into a faction of four and a faction of two. And if the faction of two ends up losing a person, well, then that other person doesn't have someone to go back to. You officially now have one person less than the Alliance and a full-on free agent. For example. They did not cause a civil war is what I'm saying. And yes. they could have. Yeah, they're backed into such a corner right now that they have nothing to lose at this point. So just let let it go. Let let it breathe. Start the conversation and just see what happens. Sit back, eat your popcorn, have a good time. And if you would have done that, you might not have had to play both idols. Because I still you probably would have. I, pro- yes. I probably would have too. But depending on what ends up happening in those conversations, if you can get a unanimous, like, all right, we're all just going to go to Philip, blah, blah, blah. Or all going to go to Andrea. Like, sure, fine. Y- you might be able to hang on to your idols then and and save those and use those as a chip going forward while also breaking up the six. So it it, it just was played entertainingly, but not optimally. And, and I want to take the other side for just a second because this is the most fun part of the post-merge, mm-hmm. in my opinion. If they don't throw out a name, Stealth R Us could essentially look at that op- that that opportunity as being forced to go to rocks. Except instead of being a true like you know one out of six going home, who are the three amigos most likely to target? And I mean, Eric would be like, they're not going to target me, <laughs> Sherry. They're probably not going to target Sherry. So it's going to end up being an Andrea or a Philip. So, you know, it might not have made that much of a difference is is the point. But I'm just taking the other side for a second to talk about it, because ultimately standing pat, it's just like, all right, so this is no worse than rocks, which we kind of need to do if we want to have any chance to win the game. So I'll just take the other side for a second. That said, I do think Ryan's don't throw out a name is optimal. We're going to have the sequel to this tribal council in Worlds Apart season 30 where something very similar happens, which we'll talk about once we get to the season 30 rewind, but uh, I just want to put that pin in place where uh, the escalate, the next evolution stage of the evolution of this play, the dramatic idol reveal to try and break up the majority alliance, the three amigos play, well, something similar in Worlds Apart, so we'll talk about that then. Man, you're deep teasing like 2024 now. Yep. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, stick around. But we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that tribal council, and Ryan's going to go. You remember? You guys remember in 2023 when we were covering Caramoan? Well, here we are. Yep, it's coming. So yeah, Philip is going to go out here. Holly, freaking Luya! <laughs> I'm so happy. Uh, and we're done with Philip on Survivor, basically. Besides his jury speech, I, I don't think you're nearly as happy as almost everybody who was playing. Even though some of them should not be very happy yep. because. Now, I mean, Sherry already couldn't win. Eric can't win anymore. And now you're saying Eric cannot win. Yep. So with Philip out of the game, that drops Eric and it cannot win territory with Sherry. And then I think Dawn is next. So those are the three that need to stick together now is Dawn, Eric, and Sherry. Uh, let's get into best and worst player of the episode. Derek, who do you got? Yeah, best I've got Malcolm. You know, was it optimal? No. Was it super fun? And honestly, r- the right move? I think so. You keep your block of three together for one more vote and hope that this group cannibalizes themselves so you only need like one, maybe two flips to put yourself on top. I I think you make your stand if you want to win the game here. Malcolm swinging for the fences like we know Malcolm is wont to do, and I I love it. So it's Malcolm. Got to be Malcolm. Yeah, he got 80% of the way there, which is still better than anyone else in the episode. How about worst player? 
I landed on Dawn. Okay. And the big reason, I believe there was a conversation early in the episode between Cochran and Philip where Cochran says, I don't think Dawn is actually a threat to win this game based on how people perceive her. Coming into this, I would have never thought that, but given where we are and who's going to be potentially on that jury, I'm not that worried about Dawn. And this is where I started to have some alarm bells about my winner pick going off, you know, depending on how everything shakes out from here out. But this is one of those seeds where when you rewatch the season and you know that she's a zero-vote finalist, Cochran was right. He had the right read here. Um, but I put this down in the moment I had Dawn. Because what's that? What's the majority alliance supposed to do when Malcolm pulls out two idols? You know, you do the best you can, and they sent home Philip. You know, yippee skippy. The person who was the worst for the wear is Don. I disagree. I have Eric because him Philip going home means I don't think Eric can win. Like technically, I think it might be possible. Depends on how much Eric is liked versus how much Don is disliked. But I don't think so. Not only did that happen, but he angled to get Philip eliminated. He was manipulating within that that discussion to make sure the the amigos played their idols. Okay, that's great. But then Philip goes home just because Eric doesn't like him. So I think Eric is playing with the wrong perspective. He can't win anymore. Eric's my worst player of the episode. And and I want to add some context for Josh, because as a first-time viewer, it was not clear to me that Eric is at the bottom of this list of people, you know, most likely to least likely to win the game. I saw him above all of the the fans for sure. So with Eddie still in the game, Sherry still in the game, and even Reynolds still in the game, I saw Eric just by being likable, being a provider, uh, and being a member of Stealth R Us who are going to comprise most of the jury, that Eric still had a reasonable chance to win this game. So I didn't see him as no longer being able to win the game here. I can't argue with what Ryan has compiled post-game and with reading and understanding what was going on, but... That was not my perspective coming into this, which really drove my worst player. And and I shared the same perspective as Derek did, because I had originally put down Don. I didn't really see, you know, that much of a negative coming from Eric. Uh, and he did make good points about, you know, the idols for sure. And to making making sure that they were getting played. But do I change it? Hmm. Yeah, sure. Thank I'll you. Change it. Yep. I, and like I said, can't fight it. These are two completely uh, different perspectives yep. that are coming into this worst player. I totally understand why you guys would pick Don, but I'm right. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. To be to be correct. Oh, voice of reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, episode 11, come over to the dark side. Survivor auction. Malcolm gives us a confessional. He's like, yeah, I, I need to... I can't buy any food. I need to <laughs> save my money and get advantage in the game because I'm, I'm in a desperate spot. <laughs> Jeff Probst says, first 20 bucks get a be- gets a beer and some peanuts. Malcolm pays 20 bucks. <laughs> and it's <laughs> so fast. You got me, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> peanuts is one of my favorite foods. And I like beer. Malcolm, I understand the desire. But come on, dude. You know, this, this is seem, your, this, this seems like a. I'm I'm not gonna lie. This seems like something that you would do, Ryan, on accident. No, no, like no, like you no. would go in with a plan, and then like there'd be like an impulse decision, especially if it's something like peanuts and beer, and, and you go like twenty bucks, and then right as you do it, you probably just go like, damn it. <laughs> no, no, no. I have I I could pride myself on my discipline on stuff uh, on stuff like that. Absolutely mm. not. I would mm-hmm. not do that. So Malcolm is dumb. <laughs> it's hilarious though especially in hindsight like in the, in the grand scope when you like really think about it all it's just like 
But he is going to luck out and get an idle clue because nobody else spent the $500 to get the idle clue because they're dumb. So Malcolm gets lucky. Reynolds and Eddie are both going to buy food instead of trying to get an advantage. So not good for them either. Almost worse for them because they were spending like hundreds and hundreds. At least Malcolm's only down 20 bucks, which means that someone has to give up all chance for food. And I, I, for additional context for the listeners, food was scarce in this post-merge. Yes. They like didn't have any of it. So I expect more from Malcolm. I, I, I ex- no, I expect more from Malcolm. He absolutely should have waited, but for someone else to go out of their way just to pull one over on Malcolm by spending all five hundred when Eddie and Reynolds still exist, you know, calculated gamble. It was the wrong gamble. He shouldn't have done it, but it ends up paying off. I love Malcolm and Eddie and Reynolds. I don't feel bad that they lose because of this auction because they played this so bad. It's like, you don't deserve to win. None of you deserve to win after that. Cochrane gets uh, an advantage for the immunity challenge. So Malcolm gets the auto clue. Cochrane gets the challenge advantage. Malcolm's going to go looking for the idol. And Andrea, I think this is why she earns her place in Survivor Game Changers. She changed, she uh, develops a new strategy with the idol babysitting strategy where she is just going to stand next to Malcolm and just hang out with him as he was trying to look for the idol. And it ends up being a bit of a stalemate. The two of them are just kind of standing there awkwardly. And Malcolm's not going to get the idol because Andrew's right there. If Malcolm digs in the right spot, Andrew will know where to dig and she could get it first. Who cares? Malcolm, dig for the idol. Just, yeah. just go get it. Like, if Andrew gets it, can't get voted out any sooner. Like, go, go for it. I was flabbergasted when I first watched this because I just did not understand why he wouldn't just dig. Who cares? The only thing I... It, this is hard. I want to take Malcolm's side because he said at the reunion show that he had searched and dug until his hands had bled. That reunion show didn't give us much, but it did let us know that he looked and he just felt like, all right, I'm really out of ideas. Should he have given up? No, but apparently he had been looking for hours and hours. And if you dig until your hands bleed and you're just out of ideas and you're starving, I don't fault him for just... I fault him. I I, I don't fault him for... Not finding it. If someone doesn't find an idol, they don't find an idol. You can only fault them for stopping trying, but maybe there he felt like he had exercised everything that he could. I, I don't know, but at least we got some more context. I fault him heavily. <laughs> Immunity challenge. Cochran plays his advantage. Easily wins. It's the same one we did Samoa. Whatever. This is Jason. Yeah, yeah. You hold up the log. Yeah. Easy win. It's a gimme with the advantage. So Cochran wins immunity. So, plan is to split the votes between Malcolm and Reynolds. This sounds familiar. Malcolm tries to bluff that he fi- found the idol. And he, he Reynolds, and Eddie are going to try and get Eric and Sherry to flip and join him. It is not going to work. It is going to be a 3-3-3 split between Malcolm, Reynolds, and Andrea. Malcolm goes home on the revote. 100% the right move. You got to get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the one weird thing is that I feel like he's not as much of a threat as he was last season. So it's not like it's a, you know, you let Malcolm get to the end, he's going to win type of situation. But yeah, he's still a giant threat that you need to get out before getting to the end. So might as well just do it now. And, and you know what? I might even disagree with you. Given where Malcolm is right now, if he does make it to the end, I think that he can appeal to someone like a Philip. I can. I think that he can appeal Underdog. to all of the fans who are over there because he was the only one who gave them a chance. I think okay. he would have played a okay. great game to get there. So was he like the far and away front runner, like he was in Philippines? I suppose not by nature of the beast, but I still think that he has a good shot to win. Hey, I'm and just going it, off of Ryan's yeah. list. 
Yeah, yeah. People. He was third on that people list. People say like, "Hey, uh, you know, maybe someone should flip, like someone like a Sherry or Eric should flip and join the underdogs." But you can't join the underdogs when they're this dangerous, right? You can't. For best player, I have Cochran. He bought the challenge advantage. He won immunity. He took out Malcolm. It's Cochran. Yep, I had Cochran as well. So for worst player, I cannot differentiate between Reynolds and Eddie. Can't give it to Malcolm. So between Reynolds and Eddie, they both played the auction poorly and ended up losing a member. I could not find anything to differentiate between the two of them. So unless someone has something, I kind of gave it to both of them. I hate doing that. I really hate doing that, but I couldn't find anything. Well, it's hard because I didn't pick either of them for my worst. What do you got? You had just mentioned that when the underdogs are this dangerous, you can't join them. However, I actually wrote down that Eric and Sherry do need to start doing things. They need to start making moves in this game. I think that they need to not necessarily come together as a voting block, but I think they need to move over and they need to vote out of Stealth or Us. And then I think they need to go back and I think they need to vote out one of the underdogs again. I think they start need to do something to take some power in this game. That said, I don't fault them for voting out Malcolm. I had a hard time picking a worse player this episode. I strongly disagree because all three Amigos are still in the game and their best chance of winning is going to the end with Don. Which is, remember, hindsight... A hindsight analysis, and you can change your mind. But this, but my, but my perspective is from yep. so the, you can the say moment. Your perspective, yeah. And then now you have new information, and you can change it. I'm gonna leave my notes as they were because they were taken sequentially. That said, I can appreciate how the auction misplay by both, but by, by the three amigos in general. But we can't vote for Malcolm. The three amigos played the auction poorly. Therefore, Cochran won immunity, and that may have indirectly caused Malcolm to go home. I think one of the three Amigos was going home regardless because... Yeah, one of them was going home. You know, let's say Malcolm gets the idol and Reynolds wins immunity. immunity, Eddie's going home. Yeah. I mean, that. so that's why I didn't pick any of them as the worst. I was thinking, all right, who had a chance to do something here that is now pretty much out of power? And that was Sherry or Eric. Uh, And I went with Sherry because she needs to do more. She has more to prove. She does, but now is not the time. Josh, what did you do? I had a question mark on this one. Mm-hmm. I did not even write down a name. And this was the only episode of the entire season where I did that. So I'm glad I can be a help here. But I think I have a good tiebreaker for you. Who are the, So you said you couldn't decide between Reynolds and Eddie? Yep. Who got votes along with Malcolm? Uh, Reynolds. There you go. <laughs> okay, sure. I, I, I don't know. Like, that's all I got. You're, you're looking for something and we don't like t- we don't like ties here. So first you have to pick you have to get Ryan to pick a worst and then you have to pick between Sherry and Ryan's worst for who's the actual worst. Not, not so picking Sherry. All right. Yeah. <laughs> let's get fine. Reynolds works. So the three amigos. The three. Give it to the three amigos. Basically. The, the dos the, amigos. The dos amigos. So Malcolm will play again. We want to see it. Yeah. Heck yeah. It's so I, fun. I, well, and I mainly want to see him not like w- where he can have a little bit of time and have it not be a back to back season. I want him to be able to see his previous season and then, you know, learn maybe a yeah. little bit. Absolutely. I love Malcolm. Now, good He's luck one of those because people put on every everyone season. knows you're a threat now. So good luck. And what I love about Malcolm is he is, he is an intelligent home run threat. Every time he's on Survivor, he could win. Yeah. I've lost my winner pick. Womp womp. I switched to Cochran at the time. I stand by it because Don's losing it. And yeah. who else do you got? You could pick Andrea, but I think she's like a little too much of a target. So Cochran. It's it's really just those two, I think, at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's, it's Cochran or Andrea. And I think Cochran would be who I would jump to in your position. 
All right. Episode 12, the beginning of the end. This is a uh, two episodes squished into one. So it's a 40 minute episode. We're going to have like two half episodes. Two, two vote outs, so real fast. And it felt so fast. It's a fast one. I get the first half. We can kind of yada yada to the first half because it's very straightforward. The second half is pretty fun, though. Immunity Challenge. It's the one where they're all standing out on, like, floating dog houses in the ocean. Mm. And Eric convinces Eddie to drop out of the challenge pretty quickly for some donuts. Oh, Eddie. Oh, Eddie. You I mean, idiot. <laughs> Come on, man. You're, you're not a cop. You're an EMT. Like <laughs> You don't need donuts. <laughs> that's funny i didn't even think of that <laughs> reynold is gonna do very well but eventually drop it with three left uh so it's between andrea and brenda and they decide like hey let's just wrap this up we'll just do the challenge on one foot and jeff's like i can't enforce this this is this is you guys i'll count you in though uh but andrea's gonna end up winning so and, and she gets immunity and an idol clue this is a reward and immunity challenge so she is going to get immunity and an idol she's <laughs> going to share the clue with her alliance they all go looking for it. Eric finds the idol and immediately hands it over to Andrea. And I think it's a situation where Eric just doesn't want a chance to get fooled again. He won't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give you immunity. Here, take this idol. Yeah, I just don't think he wanted the pressure uh, of having that and, and screwing up. So he's like, here you go, Andrea. So, like, but finding it in a group, that also takes the target off your back. Like, oh, now it's Andrea's the one with the idol that everyone knows about, not Eric. And that is going to be Andrea's downfall. So, maybe it's interesting. this is just... A genius play on Eric's part. 5D chess from Eric. I mean, it, Eric essentially did the Ryan move, except instead of just burning it at tribal council, he just like, nope, yours. Ooh, knowledge is power. Here you go, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a pretty straightforward tribal council. Four votes for Reynolds, two votes for Eddie. Eddie and Reynolds, they each put, they put one vote on Eric, one vote on Sherry for some dumb reason. When, what they really should have done is just in case is, is voted for each other and like try and be like, hey, let's just throw our votes on Sherry because we, we don't like her. And then Reynolds puts his vote on Eddie, just kind of like Alex and Garita did back in Survivor of Fiji when they were splitting between uh, Mookie and Alex. Alex convinced Mookie to vote for somebody. I can't remember. And then Alex put his vote on Mookie. So Alex was supposed to go home, but Mookie went home instead. So if Reynolds or Eddie had done that to each other, that would have been better for them. And, and maybe it wouldn't have mattered because they did a 4-2 split. But in, like, some world, it could have worked where Eddie accidentally goes home instead of Reynolds. So I, I don't like the fact that they just wasted their votes. They should have voted for each other. But for the majority, yeah, right move. Get rid of Reynolds. Way too dangerous. Yeah. Dirk, best player of this half of the episode. Yeah. And uh, the best is easy. It's Andrea. You yeah. know, she got the idol. She won immunity. Andrea, easy. That's what I had as well. But for my worst, you might need to help me out because I didn't actually take good notes as to why I did this person as the worst, but I had Brenda, I guess. So. Uh, because I felt like Reynolds was the right move. The remnants of Stealth RS did what they were supposed to do. So I was like, what do I do? So what happened in this episode is, is the showdown between Andrea and Brenda made Andrea realize, oh, Brenda's a threat. And Andrea did talk about going for Brenda and said it doesn't go anywhere. So that might be why. Yes, she was being targeted, and the, it it was the 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 fake out. Like, yeah. should we? You know, I, I think Cochran had a conversation. Like, maybe now is a good time to get rid of Brenda because she's not covered by anything. We should do that. So that's probably why I picked Brenda. I picked Eddie um, because he dropped out of the challenge for donuts, he, and he wasted a vote on Sherry instead of voting for Reynolds. Pass, Josh. Not sure why, but put down Eric. Probably because he gave the idol away to Andrea. And hopped out of the challenge. Mm. I don't mind that he hopped out of the challenge. I think, in fact, I, I do like the fact that he convinced Eddie to drop out of the challenge. I like that for Eric. I'm putting my brain in past yep. Josh. Yep. 
and I, know this I, is like a year and a half ago. And but. I'm saying why past Josh yeah, is right. wrong, as per usual. <laughs> the, the, as per the, usual. The true antagonist to the podcast. Yes, and we're, we're approaching the end of past Josh, which makes me sad. Uh, we're defeating no. past Josh here. <laughs> this is the final boss yeah. of past Josh. <laughs> so I, I had Eddie, you had Eric, right? Josh? Me? And you yeah. had Brenda. Brenda. So I guess you have to break the tie there, Josh. I'm going with Eddie. Fair enough. Any chance to give worst player to Eddie, it's probably deserved. And I don't think, and I think this is the first and probably the last time we'll give it to him. <laughs> Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, not for me anyway, <laughs> definitely not. All right. All right, part two, part B of this episode. So Andrew wants to make a move against either Dawn or Brendan next. She sees them both as threats and she is, she is talking to Cochran about this. Cocker doesn't want Don to go, so he immediately tells Don and Brenda everything. And like, I guess we got to take out Andrew because she's being sneaky, sneaky. Eric's gonna win immunity, so Cochran he he starts to suspect that Andrew wants to take Eddie to the end because they're 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 very close. Andrew can probably beat Eddie because Eddie's dumb, <laughs> so he wants to get everyone on board to split the votes between Andrea and Eddie. And we go to tribal council, and it is absolutely hilarious blindside. It is three votes for Andrea, two votes for Eddie. Two votes for Brenda. This is an awesome move to take out one of the biggest threats in the game with an idol in her pocket. And her reaction is like, what? You guys. <laughs> She's a really good sport about it. Great gamesmanship. I, lo- I really like Andrea for this. Uh, but absolutely hilarious. I would not have been as good as, uh, as, good of a sport as she was. Because she's like setting herself up to win this game potentially with that idol in her pocket. She she is very close here. Yeah. You know, she's only a few votes away. So I would have been a lot more upset than she was. Well, Josh is a salty bitch. I am. Yeah. I hold grudges. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. it's And it's interesting because, you know, we, we talked about how she got voted out with an idol in her pocket, but we didn't really talk about whether or not she should have considered playing it. Because yeah. everyone knows she has it. Maybe she should have done the Ryan move and said, listen, I know that this probably puts a target on my back. I'm going to play it tonight. So do what you're going to do, but just know I'm playing this tonight. Maybe she should have done that. Yep. I think she said like she had no inkling they were coming for her. So never even crossed her mind. But yeah, it, you know, in modern Survivor, yeah, you consider playing, especially when everyone knows you got it. Just flush it. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure she wishes she would have played. <laughs> I'm sure. Which would have knocked Eddie out of the game, but you know. Hey, you always find yourself a new firefighter EMT from New Jersey. He found himself a new girl. She can find herself a new guy. Exactly. And she beats basically everyone left in the game except for... I, I have no idea how the votes would lay out against Cochran, but Probably, you know, she, yeah, she, I she think would... Cochran would win, but I think she beats everybody else. And she would have time to get him out. Yeah. So, for best player... I had Cochran. He ratted Andrea out, and he split the votes between her and Eddie and took her out of the game. Yep, it's Cochran. Same. Worst player, Eddie, for being on the wrong side of the vote again. I had nobody because, again, I felt like this was the the right move, and the only person who really was out of it was Andrea, and she went home, can't pick her. Eddie was already at the bottom. He's on borrowed time. He didn't do anything wrong. He stuck with this person. I'm not going to fault Eddie for it. So I gave it to nobody, and I stand by it. Originally, I had given it to nobody. Okay. So, okay. and and could you remind me? You kind of you kind of whip through the vote really quickly. Could you rem- remind three, me who? Three votes, Andrea. Two votes, Eddie, and then they both voted for Brenda. Yeah, and and one thing that we should talk about, as long as we're here, Cochran is not safe. 
Why is nobody talking about taking out Cochran right now? Because he's playing so subtly and quietly that he's not popping up on people's radar. Right. He is truly UTR, truly yep. a chameleon, as he self-describes later at Final Tribal Council. So it, it's interesting because I don't want... I don't want to be applying, you know, retrospective understanding to how these votes should be going to everybody else, but then not ask the question, why is nobody coming for Cochran? And eventually they should, but they can't for various reasons, which we'll get into. Yeah, it's it's almost uh, it's almost Kim Spradlin esque in that way Mm -hmm. where there was always a better move for the alliance until it was too late. Yep. Andrea is going to play again. Do we want to see it? I'm okay with her coming back a third time after seeing her this time. Yeah. yeah, she was fun this season. Yeah, make make it the right season, like the right type of theme. I think it'd be fun to see her on a captain season if you're going to do one of those again. But yeah, yeah, bring her back after this one. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. She's going to end up on Game Changers. I think she earned her spot. She's a, she invented a new strategy. That makes that's good enough for me to get you on Game Changers. The old idle hunt babysitting. Had that really never happened before where someone just kind of like followed someone around Dave while they were searching? Dave tried to do it back in Samoa. We had a little cartoonish chase the jungle with Russell and it fell apart pretty quickly. Andrew's the first person to like really do it and like just mm. sit there and stonewall. And I, I would argue the first person that the edit indicated that it was successful because, you know, they were yes. able to paint it out as like Malcolm stopped looking because Andrea was yep. bugging him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> leave me alone. Leave me to my business. Episode 13, don't say anything about my mom. Eddie tells Cochran that if Eddie wins immunity, he thinks they will go after Cochran next, as they probably should. So this is kind of going to inspire Cochran. He wants to shake things up a little bit here because he's a little scared. He he might be at the bottom of this group. This is a part of his timing strategy, yep. which he's talked about in one confessional and we'll talk about again at Final Tribal. Get them before they get you. Brenda and Eric, they want to take out Eddie and then take out Cochran next. Um, And they talk to Don about it. So that's that's their plan. So yeah, Eddie Eddie's right. Cochran is right. They should want to shake things up here a little bit. We also get a moment with Eric. He's breaking down, very malnourished, hasn't had much to eat. He's a very tall, skinny guy. He's got the Mitch frame, not to Mitch's extent, yep. but man, as as this started to happen, I do end up turning to Ryan at some point in this and ask, "How tall is Eric?" <laughs> because uh, it, it, no reason. <laughs> we've seen it. Like a dozen times. Now, maybe not a dozen, but like a half dozen times. Eric has the worst body type for Survivor. It's not, like I said, it's not to the same extreme as Mitch. Mitch is the worst case scenario because he's like seven foot one or whatever. And and that's why that's why when I see this happen, it's always going to be the Mitch yep. uh, for, for me because everyone else is, you know, second fiddle to that. Yes. <laughs> um, but still, the same principle applies. Mitch made it to, what, day three? Eric is in the mid-30s. Like, yeah. there, there's your difference. There's the difference. <laughs> Did you find out his height? No. Yeah, I don't know Eric's height. I uh, couldn't find it, but yeah, I think... Hey, Eric, big fan of the podcast. How tall are you? Are you 6'5"? Taller? No. I don't know. No, he's, he's not, not that, that tall. tall. He seems like 6'5". No, no, he's like no, a 6'2", no. 6'3". Yeah, maybe 6. But he's tall and skinny. He's got that that runner's body. Like the, the marathon runners, like, yeah, oh, yeah. you're great yeah. at running a marathon. You're not great at running a survivor. We're going to get the, one of my, I think, least favorite twists. Like, this it's just, this just makes me mad. We're going to get the loved ones reward. And I, this is going to cement that uh, the, this is where I, because I, I kind of suspect maybe you shouldn't win the family visit. This cements that, I think. When I, when I first watched Survivor, this is the moment that is going to cement that do not win the loved ones visit. Evil. Brenda is going to win. She gets to pick someone to go with her. She's going to pick Don because obviously Don 
mother, her husband's here. She needs this. It's a very sweet moment. Freaking Jeff is going to throw in a twist. Everyone's second loved ones, because you, you have like a, a an order of loved ones. You, you, you pick who you want to come out there when you get put on Survivor. Like, who do you want? My wife. Okay, uh, who's your second one? My dad. Whatever. Everyone's second loved one is also there, and they're all waiting on a boat nearby. Brenda can give up the loved one's reward for herself and Don, and give it to the other people, and they'll get to see their second loved ones and go on a feast. The hell are you supposed to do here? Don't win the loved one's visit. <laughs> Easy answer. <laughs> Brenda gives it up, and it's just, it's such bull crap that, and so Don doesn't get her loved one's visit. And to make things worse, they're all on this boat, just anchored offshore from the beach. So Brenda and Don are sitting on the beach. They could see the boat, everyone having a great time with their loved ones, feasting, having having a blast. And so all Don can do is like cry, and I can't blame her. I would have told production to go f themselves and just like walked off in the jungle and like not said anything to the camera. I'd been like, no, I'm not giving you anything. You can go right to hell. Start singing happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Start singing uh, music that is licensed because this is just, this is a scummy reality show producer move. Like, like to a T, like a stereotypical move. And it's disgusting. The loved one's visit is already powerful enough. You don't need to make it that kind of heart wrenching. This is uh, cruel. It, it, it's, it's cruel. And you know, I understand maybe you bring up Brenda and you give her the option just to give it up for herself, for everyone else. Which, but, they, which they've done multiple times Yeah, they, they've done iterations of that. And I don't mind that as much because you have agency. You get to make that decision. But this time, Don is just a casualty of a really cruel production twist. And I don't like that. She didn't win the loved one. Like, she didn't win the challenge. So cool. She followed our advice. Go Don. Mm-hmm. She got picked, which is optimal. Cool. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you get picked. And by the way, she was arguably picked because she was having the hardest time out there. And then it was stolen from her in the name of uh, like communitarianism, utilitarianism, however you want to philosophically analyze this. And it's just cruel. And I didn't like it. Yeah. And they haven't done anything like this again. Hopefully they learn their lesson. But this is just trash and, and yeah and like ryan mentioned to top it all off they were anchored a hundred yards offshore they could probably <laughs> smell that barbecue and they're shouting at him like you're not missing anything it's not that great i honestly i wouldn't have said anything i wouldn't uh, have no. been at the, i wouldn't have been there it, yeah they, they should have said anything but if don and brenda i would have been out at the lagoon because they have a lagoon way in the back of the, I, yeah i wouldn't have been anywhere near the beach um and and as long as we're harping on this honestly if i'm one of if I'm one of the people who got selected to go, maybe I give up my loved one. Yeah, maybe give it to Don. You, you give it to Don. Now, I know that people might look at that as like, oh, wow, look at you. You know, it's like Sarah Lucina giving up the peanut butter because she's allergic or whatever. But, you know, sometimes if you want to just throw a middle finger to production, maybe you can just go ahead and do that. And it's not good for your game, but it should be fun for me to watch. Yeah, I support it. Always give the middle finger to production, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, I hate this. I absolutely hate this. But it's gonna Don's gonna end up winning immunity, so at least she gets something out of the, the episode. And and Don wants to make a move. Brenda is allegedly a big threat. Basically, she hasn't pissed anybody off yet. Yet. <laughs> um. And and so the thing with Brenda is she's very quiet. She actually has the longest streak of no confessionals I think ever. Because she gets a confessional episode one and then doesn't get one again until the merge. So I think she even wow. beats Purple Kelly's streak of confession. Because I think it's like seven or eight episodes. My my wife was watching this with me. And when they gave Brenda a confessional, she legitimately said, 
wait, who's that? And I was like, that's, that's really funny. That's Brenda. And so apparently what happened, it's kind of a weird story. Brenda had like a leg injury at the beginning of the game that I don't know what it was exactly. And she was also very checked out because she missed her boyfriend. So she really didn't do anything for like the pre-merge. She was just laying she missed, around. She missed her boyfriend, Chase Rice. Yeah, Chase Rice. <laughs> so she didn't like do anything in the pre-merge. That's why she didn't. we didn't see her. She was just kind of like laying around and didn't really talk strategy with anyone. So that's why she doesn't show up till later. But she didn't make any enemies up to this point. So they're like, okay, let's let's take out Brenda. And Don wants to go to the end with Cocker just because that's her ride or die, which she shouldn't do. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but they start talking about, like, let's take out Brenda. Eric and Brenda are aligned, and Eddie's off on his own little thing. So it really is Cocker, Don, and Sherry running the show this time. And they're going to pull a Sheree into the old 3 2 1. They're going to, the three of them are going to vote together for Brenda. Brenda and Eric are told, like, just take out Eddie. It's a nice and easy vote. They vote Eddie. Eddie's off his own little world. Votes for Eric. <laughs> I don't know what Eddie's doing. But it doesn't matter. But it's going to be the old 3 two, one Three votes for Brenda. Two votes Eddie. One vote Eric. Brenda's devastated, very hurt. Which, you know, that's fine. You can be hurt for getting voted out. Whatever. That's not why I despise Brenda. Pretty good move, though, I think, to get someone like this out of the game. Like, you could go for Cochran. But I also think Brenda is someone who can win. I, I agree that it's probably fine for Brenda to go, but if Don is, and I want to focus on Don because I mean, obviously this is going to cause a huge rift, and yep. I think it was because it was a blind side, a true blind side that this causes the rift that it causes. Maybe Don should have angled for Cochran this time and had a discussion with Brenda, like we can't go to the end with each other. May the best person win. That way you maybe salvage a, a jury vote if you really want to play it like that. Or you can cut Brenda later. But I think they should have probably targeted Cochran. They, they should have found a way to target Cochran instead. Eric was just talking not that long ago about needing to vote out Cochran. And the plan got went up in smoke. But you have an opportunity here. Yep. Cochran is the biggest threat. You should vote out Cochran. Don, I know he's your ride or die. Well, you know what? Uh, he ended your first game. True. Time to get him back. <laughs> the thing, I think the reason why they picked Brenda here is because she gets second place in this challenge. So, like, they're worried, like, we have an opportunity to take out Brenda here. Plus, she gave up her loved one's reward for everybody. We can't let her get to the end. So that's what raises her target so much is loved one's visit. Right. It, yeah, it was, it was the decision to give everyone else their loved ones. And I get why Brenda is the target, but I don't think she's the right one. Because if that kind of... Just being a good person, goodwill, got you votes. Dawn wouldn't be a zero-vote final. She wouldn't win, but she wouldn't. And I know there's more context there, but zero yeah, that's votes. that's a little too simplified, I think. It, that's why we're here. We're here to be reductive and oversimplify things and make it easier. The main thing here is Eric, Sherry, and Dawn need to go to the end together. So Brenda, Eddie, and Cochran need to go. So, you know, pick your order how you want to do that, but those three need to go. And I think you could save Eddie for last, potentially, because he hasn't done anything. He's just likable and an underdog. So Brenda and Cochran are higher priority than Eddie. I think we can safely say that. So, yeah, you could have taken out Cochran here, and it was probably the better move. I don't hate the Brenda move. And then situation out of anyone's control is going to mess everything up very shortly here. So and, and that's why I keyed in on what Don should have done, because for everyone else, I agree with you. Brenda and Cochran both need to go argue i mean and this is again from my perspective through the first time i was thinking like and for all these other people don needs to go too that's not true in retrospect yep seemingly but i was thinking yeah those three are on the top they all need to go 
but Cochran like needs needs to go. So that's where I was I was a little confused. But yeah, I don't hate the Brenda move. I just think the Cochran one was better. Yeah, I, I think the Cochran one is probably better. But yeah, I mean, I I think that yeah they should have gone for Cochran just because I think that there's a, just a bigger difference between threat level between him and Brenda. And you know, if you're looking to make your moves, which you know Don is looking to try to make moves. I don't see this as as big of a move since she hasn't been as tightly aligned compared to like a ride or die like Cochran. Like that to me is a big move. This this was a big move. This was a big move. And at least someone like Cochran can separate uh, the game. Uh, apparently, a, a lot more than some other people here. So <laughs> I think that that I think that that would have held a little bit more weight. Yeah, I, I could see why Brenda right now the clear and present danger. In hindsight, it should have probably been Cochran, but I can I can definitely understand why they did Brenda. Best play of the episode, Dirk. You got. I have Cochran. He should have been the one to go home, but convinces Don to go for Brenda instead. I've got more to say on this on my worst player of the episode. It's interesting because I, I gave mine to Don for winning immunity, taking out Brenda. I'm imagining you're going to give yours worse. We'll get to that in a second. Josh, who's your best player? I did give it to Don. I don't I don't hate the Cochran choice though. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I did tease this. My worst is actually Don, and mine actually, it's bigger than that. So I want to take a step back. We're going to check in on my winner pick, her entire Survivor career to this point. We all know what happened to her first game. She was too nice. She let Cochran dictate what happened to her in that game. She came back this time and said, no one's going to dictate my game this time around. She's been cold-blooded at times. She hasn't done it in the most optimal way possible, again, retrospectively. But she's doing the moves that she needs to do in order to better herself and better her position to win the game. She comes to this point, and she lets Cochran dictate her game once again when she should have taken this opportunity to right the wrong that Cochran did unto her her first time around. So this entire game, she said, no one dictates my game for me. No one plays my game for me. I will do this myself. And then she lets Cochran do it to her again. You couldn't write a more dissatisfying ending for Dawn's game. And I actually felt at this point that when I was watching editology Don can't win the game because if she goes with Cochran he can say I did it to you again you let me walk all over you so I have my worst as Don because I feel like this is a failure of the ending of her survivor story my argument would be there's still time to get out Cochran there's still time to get out Cochran but there's Co- two votes technically and then something is going to happen but Cochran was the right move and she was driven by Cochran again and that's exactly what she said wasn't going to happen Brenda is also the bigger physical threat than Cochran so that's probably part of it too so I'm not as hard on it because I still think it's a good move my worst player is Eric he was on the wrong side of the vote I also had Eric I can't I can't fight with you guys my last little bit I actually took a note on this she obviously didn't understand Brenda well enough to know that she was going to be super bitter on the jury. I know we can't go in making assumptions that it was going to be that bad, but you have to understand who's out there playing with their emotions. She yeah. could have used Brenda to vote out Cochran, maintained the goodwill with Brenda, and Cochran, like you mentioned, Josh, can separate the game from the emotion side a lot better. Oh, well, and here's another possibility. Maybe Brenda shouldn't suck so much. Hey, and he, there, there are plenty <laughs> the, of people on Survivor who suck. You need yeah. to know how to manage yeah, them to be true. an elite player. But still. I, I'm curious if there would have been any change. You know, if, if history would have been changed by Cochran going out first and then Brenda kind of realizing that she's the clear, like, next threat to go. So she might have been a little bit more accepting 
of you know it, it wouldn't be as much of a blind side i guess and she wouldn't have felt as betrayed so maybe maybe that's an extra reasoning for going for cochran here instead or brenda could just suck less <laughs> i i hate brenda i despise I'm not brenda. arguing against that uh because she's gonna on her way out she's gonna be like i was genuine you guys i was honest with you guys and big flipping deal <laughs> so what have you not seen this show? you were a returning player and you were kind of conniving b-word the first time you played and now it's like oh i was honest this time you guys should be honest with me go to hell go after yourself i hate brenda i really hate brenda she's one of my all-time least favorite players i don't, I don't harbor this much ill will toward toward brenda overall but i see how what's to come is so uncalled for that she ends up in your lowest tier because I am I, I am pretty low on Brenda at the end as well because it goes again I think beyond the game yep. but Ryan we're still teaching people how to win the game and you need to be able to manage poor players very diplomatic of you Derek I'm doing my best here I, I I'm trying to be the calm cool and collected just like Cochran so my consulting here don't be like Brenda don't be a terrible person. <laughs> I have nothing but venom and vitriol for people like Brenda. And don't play Survivor if you can't handle yep. it. Yep. I mean, that's that's kind of the larger lesson. Just recognize who you are, and if that's something that you're not okay with, don't, don't apply. And if you get recruited, don't go on. Granted, you're not going to be listening to this podcast if you're just randomly recruited on the Survivor. I was genuine. I was honest. Gets voted out. Welcome to Survivor. Get out of here with your honesty and integrity. You're not Tom Westman. <laughs> can't stand her. All right, finale time. Last push, it's called. So, immediately after Tribal Council, Eric collapses. He's malnourished, dehydrated, and then the shock of this Brenda blind side I would just caused him to get real dizzy. And he, he falls over, and he's not doing well. What's really is really funny, if I think the shot, if, it, let's say, Cochran had gone home, or you know, Eddie had gone home, and it had been, like, Eric had been involved, I would bet he doesn't get medically evacuated. I'm not going to opine on that. I, uh, I, I would bet, you know, I, I think the shock really did a number on him. So I, I would not be surprised if Eric pulls through this this blind side. Basically, it was a one-two punch. I mean, maybe, I'd, may, maybe it doesn't happen in this moment, but I don't see anything changing over the next, you know, 24 hours that would cause his body to turn around. So it, it might just delay it a little bit more. Maybe. But uh, yeah, you know, maybe get to pack to camp, get a little more rice in you or something like that. I don't know. But Eric is going to end up getting medically evacuated from the game here. Don can no longer win. And no one's fault on that one like that you can't predict that you can't account for that like unless if like you, someone is injured and you're like are they gonna get pulled like if they're kind of waiting to see and then you can kind of try and plan around that but this is kind of out of nowhere you don't really expect this i mean even then if you knew that he was gonna get pulled nothing's gonna change your position into the game you're not gonna like regardless of if you take out brenda or cochran here it doesn't matter like your positioning isn't gonna change after eric's gone their best move for Don and Sherry is to go to the end with Eddie because at least they could say, like, yeah, he was wrong every time except the Philip vote. Mm -hmm. And all Eddie has going for him is he's likable and he's funny. He's got a zero strategic game. I still think he'd win because he's so likable and funny. And Don and Sherry have pissed everyone off, but uh, that's their best chance. Cochran's got to go. I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's an argument that could be made for, you know, Don potentially beating Eddie. There's an argument like, to be made. In a final three. Eddie's got the better social game, though. It, it, true. So we see both Cochran and Sherry, both of them are trying to get closer to Eddie, just in case he wins. Because on paper, I think Eddie's most likely to win, even though he hasn't won a single challenge. 
individual wise. Um, but like, if you looked at the four of them on paper, you'd bet money on Eddie. Sure. So they're both going to get try and get closer to him just in case he does win. And you should be doing this with everybody, yep. by the way. Reward challenge, which was going to be the final five immunity challenge. And I'm like, oh, crap. Scramble. All right. Uh, th- this is for an advantage in the final immunity challenge. And you can tell so easily. Yeah, because when the advantage comes into play in the finals, it's kind of like shoddy and not like really. Like normally in these advantages, it's kind of like visually like you can tell like, oh, we get a close up. Wow. What a great advantage this is. And this you can't really see it as well. And it's very clear this wasn't planned. They were just kind of threw this together, which is fine. I won't hold out. I get I, I no. production a lot of crap. Who could have seen this one coming? You only give them crap when they deserve it. Yeah, exactly. Give them props where they deserve it and give them crap where they deserve it. And be completely neutral when needed. Like right here. Like, what do you do? Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. This this finale dragged so long and and most of it is because of the eric medivac so like i i understand like there's not much that you can do about it but we get a reward challenge an immunity challenge we get fallen comrades oh, we, we yeah. get all of this stuff and you know it, 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 it was sad rewinding a little bit but we're just talking about this now you know how at the beginning of every finale they run through the finalists like roads to get to the to get to where they're at and like will they win Eric's reel was longer than his time in the finale. Oh. <laughs> like his time in the finale proper was mostly his reel. Yeah. Oh it no. <laughs> so reward challenge. Uh, Cochran's gonna end up winning because uh, it's like uh, making a, a, a tower of cards. Yeah, house of cards, house but of card, with dominoes. Which I'd be terrible at. But Cochran's gonna win, so he's gonna get an advantage in the final immunity challenge. And there was a very strong advantage. It seemed like a lot of time saved. He didn't. He didn't. We'll get more into it. that. We'll get yeah, more into okay. that because okay. not not quite. But before that, Derek, fallen comrades, your favorite <sighs> part, and also apparently the culmination of a twenty-six season joke that Ryan let me in on. I, I I'll I, I'll I'll let him deliver the punchline because this is this is hilarious. So Derek has been bitching and moaning about Fallen Comrades since we started the Rewind, basically. He thinks it's stupid and terrible, and he's right. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's right. 100% <laughs> right. It is funny how much I dislike it. Yep. And, and what's funny is every single time I feel like I absentmindedly pull out my phone, and Ryan's like, hey, look at this. we have Fallen Comrades. I'm already on Twitter looking at Survivor players or something Me, like that. Time, I, th- I think you and I both started playing with Emery. Yeah, I think that, that sounds correct. So, uh, the the, the punchline here is, so Derek has been waiting for these things to be over. And then we, we got a little break in there because they didn't do it in a Redemption Island or South Pacific. And then they came back for a little bit. And, you know, and then obviously it's here in Karamoan. This is the last one. We never get it again. Next time is Derek's first season of Survivor Blood versus Water. So Derek started as Fallen Comrades ends. And it's so funny. He's been waiting the whole time. And it was going to be all the way up to the bitter end of this rewind. I I, I joked with Ryan that the only reason I got hooked on Survivor at 27 is because there was no fallen comrades. So how fortuitous. You would have never watched. How fortuitous that the listeners get me, Josh, and Ryan, and not just Josh and Ryan. Oh, God, what a terrible podcast that would have been. So for the last time, it is fallen comrades, and we're done. We never hopefully have to sit through it again. You know what? That said, 
if we've got 90 minute episodes coming up in season 45, I would not mind them bringing back Fallen Comrades and the title I, cards. To, Bring to the title fair, cards back. To be fair, the 90 minute episodes would not change the finale like runtime at all. Yeah. So I doubt that that would happen. Let's not bring back the title cards. Those are always great. Let's not do Fallen Comrades ever again. Please I, and thank you. I don't know if you noticed because you probably weren't paying attention. Somehow, I don't know why, but I guess I was paying attention enough during this, even though it was basically just on in the background. Cochran had some great narration and even like confessionals that were like subtly digging on uh, falling comrades. Like when it first started, he's like, what better way to culminate the game of Survivor than blah, 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 blah. And, and it, it was just like, just his delivery of it was very comical in a way that was basically just, it seemed like making fun of Fallen Comrades. I loved it. Ashley, which one of the blondes was she? Uh, <laughs> that Allie, was the Allie. only comment. Yeah, Allie, which blonde was she again? Reynolds' girlfriend. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yada, yada. Final immunity challenge. They have to run up a tower, grab bags, go down a slide, solve a puzzle. Eddie participates. <laughs> but Oof. the advantage is Cochran's bags are all untied for him. This is a pretty significant advantage. Pretty significant. You can tell it was last minute addition. Now, as the, they're doing the puzzle, Co- Cochran does get passed by both Don and Sherry. So he ends mm-hmm. up squ- squandering the advantage. He ends up battling back and solving the puzzle first. So Cochran does win. Advantage helps, but it, it is not like it doesn't automatic win his game. Yeah. So yeah. whatever. We can basically skip the first half of this uh, finale. Yay. <laughs> watch watch um Eric get medically evacuated, hit the fast forward button, and wait till the immunity challenge. Yes. So Cochran's got final immunity challenge, uh win, and uh it, it's over. Cochran's won the game. Yeah. And he says it in confessional too. <laughs> who who do I want to get second place? Yep. The, the battle for second place is a tight one. <laughs> it turned out turned out to be way tighter than he could have ever imagined. Yeah, there were two all along. Don is very paranoid as per usual to the point where Cochran's like, I just kind of want to vote her out because I'm sick of it. <laughs> but it's going to be tribal council. It's going to be three votes for Eddie, one vote for Don. 100% the right move because Eddie could probably get the three Amigos votes, maybe even like an Andrew and a Michael. Eddie would I don't think Eddie would have been a zero vote finalist. So I think this is 100% the right move. Cochran wins the game. Cochran makes it a perfect game by voting out Eddie. Yeah. I originally said no when I was first watching, but that's because I thought Don was going to pull, you know, one or two votes and I thought that Eddie would maybe pull one. So that's why in hindsight, sure. Cochran Again, it doesn't the, really matter. Cochran did the thing. He played the same game as Don. He did it better. Take that person to the end with you, for sure. Good point. So, best and worst player of the final five slash four. So, technically, we can give out two best and worst. I did not because I'm like, there's not enough here. So, I I did not do it this time because I'm like, what what do I do? So, this is a first. I did not give out two awards this time. But you guys have the option if you so choose. Josh, who did you have for best player of the final five slash four? I gave out one. It was Cochran. Yeah, it's Cochran. Yeah, it's Cochran for sure. I have a worst player. I didn't give out one. I didn't give out one. No. I mean, this Don, got, to, Don got paranoid, but I mean... It's not enough to give a word. doesn't player. matter. It, this goes back to, I think, the beginning of the podcast when I basically said this was, just seemed like we were just walking through, like a survivor walkthrough, especially in the finale. It, it, it was very boring to me. Very much a cakewalk, I think. All right. Final Tribal Council, Cochran, Don, and Sherry. So, opening statements. Don is going to say the game was very hard on her, but she... 
made a goal to play more cutthroat this time. Sherry is going to get very flustered during her opening statement. And basically all she says is she was the only fan to infiltrate the favorites. And Sherry's not really going to be relevant for the rest of the final travel council. Cochran says he played therapist to his tribe and really focused on timing, which I think is a pretty brilliant aspect of his speech because he's not really insulting anybody else saying, like, I outplayed you. I outsmarted you. You know, that's not a dig on anyone's athleticism or, or their intelligence. It's just like, I had better timing than you. Can't argue that one. Yeah, the way that Cochran framed it up was there's an argument to be made that he couldn't outwit or outplay anybody on the jury, but he can outtime them. And like Ryan said, it's kind of the Todd de Jean Robert. You guys are all threats, but I did this better than all of you. So I liked that is really top tier. So Malcolm tells Dawn that she has to like really talk about her her cutthroat side, her strategy side, and not try and be the mom during this uh, Final Trouble Council because Malcolm wants to vote for Dawn coming, coming into this. And that is really the big problem for Dawn is she is the mom who needed to be comforted and did less the, the comforting. And even though she was very cutthroat, that actually ended up hurting her game. And that that is the dynamic for Dawn. It, it's tough because the first time that I watched this, I felt... I, I kind of felt bad for Don because it seemed like it was more like I perceived it when I was watching as they're treating her differently because she's a mom mm-hmm. uh, versus someone like Cochran. Like they, maybe there's a different expectation for her or whatever it might be with more information and, you know, watching it a second time, it, it, you know, there's nuance to that for sure. But at the same time, I do think that there were f- a few people here who were actually thinking about voting for her and she it seemed like she was close i don't think she ever had a chance at winning uh, but i think that she had a pretty good chance at getting you know two votes i do love this malcolm asks cochran like what quality do you have that i don't that allowed you to beat me and cochran's like this isn't a joke this is serious my insecurity i'm a much more insecure person than you are therefore i was more nervous and you know voted people out yeah, the way that it manifested itself in the game allowed me to see what was happening more clearly and place myself strategically to be the last man standing. Eddie asked Sherry if she was carried to the end. She says no. Everyone laughs. Not a good sign. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I love Eddie's question to Cochran. Like, hey, I, I, I want to talk about like your confidence now. You know, if you're out at the bar with the three amigos, do you come with us? Do you sit with us? Like, what do you do? He's like, yeah, I'd be at the bar with you guys. I mean, we need some room because I'd have two ladies on either side of me. <laughs> I'd be two seats away, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's the answer, Cochran. Absolutely. I mean, that's I, that's that's exactly the answer that someone like Eddie would be looking for. Uh huh. It's perfect. Or Reynolds. Yeah. Or <laughs> Reynolds. Yeah. Brilliant. Philip is going to revoke Sherry's membership from Stealth House. <laughs> why <laughs> just insult to injury like i know i know you were disappointed that we didn't get corinne here at final tribal council but i i feel like that's a, a pretty close you know comparison right there well what would have been great is having corinne at final tribal council just to stand up and say philip stop talking i don't want to hear anything about stealth rs again eric is very critical of Don and Sherry, and Sherry's going to end up telling him to shut up and sit down, and I don't think we ever hear from Sherry again for the rest of this tribal council. <laughs> Whatever. She never had a chance. Yeah. But maybe don't tell the jury to shut up too often. 
Probably not the best call. She, I think she'd already resigned herself to losing at that point. But like, it's just not a good look on TV. No. Just just remember you're on TV. If, if you know you're going to lose, there's someone in a future season who does this very gracefully. And I have a lot of respect for that person yep. for how they handled it. I don't want to do spoilers. So I'll, yep. I'll leave it at that. That'll be a deep tease for like 2026. So Michael notices Don and Cochran. You guys have played very similar games. But Don, you're getting picked on a lot more. And and basically, this is kind of like Don made the closer relationships with people to get the information that the Alliance used. People felt more betrayed by her. And then Cochran also brings up the fact like, and I also played therapist for Don because she was losing it. I th- I think that's the key thing because I think that if Don is more even keeled now, granted, if she is, I think she's a bigger threat and she probably gets voted out yep. much earlier. Which there's merit to saying this was how I mitigated my threat level. And then, you know, if you play into that, maybe people buy it. That could work with a modern Survivor jury. But I'm going to compare her to someone that we just saw in season 44. She was the emotionally unstable one. And even though Carolyn was very emotionally stable, she was very unstable with how she was stable in her emotion and she made it to the finale as well and people didn't like the fact that she didn't she was not perceived as having control it was perceived as wild and unstrategic and haphazard i actually think there are a lot of parallels between the jam jam carolyn dynamic and the cochran and dawn dynamic they were the rider dies for each other one of them just had a more level head the entire game so Maybe it's recency bias, but I think that's actually pretty darn close. I think it's very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One used comedy a lot more. Mm-hmm. Reynolds tells Don, like, hey, when I met you, I thought you were phony. So I want you to say what you really think of me. And she's got, he's got to really encourage it. But she's like, I think you're chauvinistic, funny, but vulgar. And he's like, cool. I believe you because, you know, you weren't just being nice. You said some mean things, but so I believe your compliment. And he's just kind of encouraging her to be more honest. I think Reynolds is very funny. In this final struggle council as well. And it's a little too late. A little too late. Maybe maybe if he was one of the first people to go, this would hit a little bit more. And maybe if she committed to it right away and he didn't have to, you know, just like really get it out of her, that maybe this would have been more impactful. But whatever. You know, I think what Reynolds did was funny. I don't like the thought that people would hold it against Don for not wanting to say a bad thing about someone else. I think there's a there's a fine line between owning how cold-blooded you are in the game and then being forced to talk poorly about someone because that can go beyond the game. Like you don't lightly call somebody a chauvinist and of course, you know, Reynolds is like, "Yeah, that's fine." <laughs> um, but like he's such a dude. But like I I can see why Don wouldn't want to say that, and I don't necessarily yep. love that Cochran was not pulled out of his comfort zone during this final tribal council, and Don is kind of laid to bear in yep. several different ways. This was a little one, maybe a little more humorous, because Reynolds was the butt of the joke, but that was, you know, at Don's expense that he became the butt of the joke. Finally, Brenda. Yay. Okay, and we're done. Brenda is very upset. People turned on her after the family visit. Brenda, have you ever watched Survivor? But the big thing is Don and the teeth. She says, you know, I helped you find your teeth and saved your game. And Don's like, well, I don't think I actually would have quit. Would have calmed down and not quit the game. And Brenda's like, oh, really? Prove it. Take your teeth out right now and show everyone what I saw. So your goal is just humiliate Don on camera. And it's, just, it's so nasty, especially when you know how Don lost her teeth and the type of person Don is. This is just vindictive and cruel. Don does it. And Brenda doesn't even give her a goddamn vote. 
Yeah, I, this is disgusting, reprehensible. It, it, and it doesn't even make sense. Like, if you actually had a point, that'd be one thing. Actually, it, it still wouldn't be a thing. But the, the point that she was trying to make is, like, prove it. Prove that you were, you know, in a vulnerable state or whatever. I, I don't even know what the point was that she was trying to make. It was basically just, I want to feel better about myself because I feel betrayed by this entire situation. I helped you in a vulnerable moment. And you could just tell, uh, they showed, I don't know why they showed Malcolm so much, well, so much more than anyone else at on the jury, but like you could tell they were uncomfortable once this came up. They, like it, it, the mood shifted immediately, and it was just awkward and uncomfortable. I can't stand Brent. I can't. Cochran is going to win the game eight zero zero, second most recent perfect game. So the question is now, who would we have voted for? Yeah, it, well, and I want to, I want to rewind just a little bit. So the vote is eight zero zero. As a first-time viewer, I, I, I want to talk about this. Coming out of Final Tribal Council, I actually thought that Dawn had earned a few votes because there was a lot of positivity toward her. I liked how it got reframed a little bit by some people saying, like, hey, Cochran's kind of getting off scot-free for doing the same things that you did. You put in the legwork. You had the better relationships. And, you know, Ryan makes a good point. Like, yeah, so it hurts more when she cuts them. But she was also pretty emotionally unstable and required a lot of uh, comfort. Uh, yeah, comfort from other people on the season. But going in, going out of final tribal council, I thought that she had a few votes. I would have voted for Cochran. He, as we mentioned at the top of this, he played the same game as Don. They were each other's ride or die. But this was not a Dominic Wendell situation. This was very much a Cochran clear defined number one in terms of a strategic and social game. And uh, even if Dawn saved Cochran's game one time, which she did not lean into that much at Final Tribal, and she should have, plenty of people that you save in Survivor can still go on and win the game. Not one moment does a Survivor player make. So I would vote for Cochran. I'd vote for Cochran. Physical, social, strategic, best of all three. Yeah, he got a perfect game for a reason pretty straightforward reunion show what an embarrassing mess this is infamously bad you said the lowest rated survivor episode through that time other than the rosie o'donnell reunion yeah show. and this is worse wow. than the rosie o'donnell one i think um i don't even get a mention of rosie i would agree <laughs> yep. with that because the rosie o'donnell reunion show she rode in on the back of a motorcycle being driven by colby how he, awesome is that and he yelled at her to get off his bike and go to the show <laughs> Yeah, the Rosie O'Donnell one is cringe. This is just embarrassing. There's so much bad. So let's go over this. I have a ton of notes for the reunion show, which I normally don't. The entire pre-jury, so from um, Francesca to Corinne, they all had to sit in the audience. They weren't even given a spot to sit on the stage, and they weren't told that until they got there. So some of them like bought expensive new outfits, brought all their family out, and had to sit in the crowd. They were pissed. There's a lot of... And, and rightly so. And they don't talk to any of them. Nope, they don't talk to any of them. Um, and this was all to hide the fact that Brandon had been banned. Brandon was banned. So everyone, oh, Michael and okay. up. Okay, I didn't know that part. Yeah, Brandon was not there. Mutual agreement, I guess they would say. They mutually, you know, both parties were like, yeah, that's fine. I don't think Brandon put up a stink about it. Weirdly self-aware, Brandon. Like, insane, but also a little bit like, yeah, no, that's fair. I shouldn't be there. <laughs> we, we can all have lucid moments. Yep. So, uh, so everyone, Michael and up is on stage brenda is not here and that's because she's pregnant and like in her ninth month <laughs> so she's back home she can't be there so she's there via satellite that's fine michael eddie sherry and eric are all ignored 
So all of the people on stage, they don't, four of them just don't talk to, including fourth place, fifth place who's medically evacuated, and one of your finalists. None of them get talked to. Instead, we're going to go out to the audience and talk to Boston Rob so he can shill his new book that he wrote, The BR Rules, uh, and give Philip credit for stuff. We're going to talk to a random little girl who shouldn't be on camera ever because she's very awkward. And it's not her fault, no. but like... Jeff, don't go talk to kids in the audience. Ask Eric what it was like to get pulled out at fifth place. You get so close, and you don't want to repeat the great mistake, and then you get pulled for starving to death. Like, Instead, <sighs> what is so appealing about Malcolm? Is it his hair? Both. Don't, cool. Jeff, don't talk to kids in the audience. No one cares. Then we're going to go talk to freaking Rudy. Which is hilarious. All hail Rudy. And Rudy's going to say some stuff. And Jeff's going to be like, oh, only Rudy can say that. And at the time, it's like, is Rudy, is that okay? Personally, I find Rudy hilarious. Because basically, he's going to be like, yeah, I called Richard a queer. <laughs> I think he said queer about eight times. Yeah, and at the time, I don't think that, that was a word that had been like totally reclaimed yet. Which, yeah, within con because yeah, twenty twenty three. I mean, we've come yeah way I, back around on the word queer. Yeah, I you know, queer is how I identify. Yeah. So yeah, queer is is definitely a more okay word to use now for sure, and it, it's kind of what Rudy said in season one. But he's like, yeah, me, you know, the me and Rich got to be friends, not in a homosexual way, kind of stuff. And then we get a little video of Richard Hatch nude on a beach, asking Rudy to give him like some sunscreen. To apply the sunscreen, yeah. And he couldn't be there because he was still, he, he wasn't allowed to leave the state because he was on, out on probation still. <laughs> and so then, it, was a re, it, it wasn't a live feed like Brenda. Yeah, it was, was a, a little recording. Video. And then that kind of, I think that just confused Rudy. <laughs> and he's like, I couldn't even call him a queer. And it's like, what? <laughs> I love you, Rudy, but, but what? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> you know, it, it, I'm almost glad that I didn't get to watch this until 2023 because I think in 2023 with with what you're talking about, Ryan, where the word seems to have been reclaimed. Like, I'm not going to speak for the LGBTQ yep. community. I, I can't. And but, if anybody is offended by this, by all means, like, that's absolutely fair. Yeah, to totally fair. It's why I would never consider doing it. But Rudy is 85 years old, and you can tell he's good friends with Richard. Yep. And he's at that age where he's like, I'm going to share a joke with a friend. And it is a joke to me. And if you don't like that, I don't care. I'm 85. Yeah, I think it's all meant in like good faith. You know, it's not supposed to be like mean towards rich. It's not supposed to be used as a slur or anything like that. You know, but if people were, you know, were uncomfortable or offended, especially at the time and even today, like by all means. Oh, totally fair. Totally I, fair. I, I get it. Personally, as someone who was queer, I think it was funny. But at the time, yeah. So what? Which one do you think is worse? What Corinne did this season or Rudy in the crowd here? Because <laughs> uh, I know that you are endeared to both of these yeah, so people. Yes, I'm endeared to both of those people. Uh, which one is worse? Yeah, like, like, like let's drop you in 2012. Mm. You know, all things considered, which one do you Probably think? Probably Rudy. Probably? Okay. But honestly, I, I love both of them, so it's it, it, neither one of them bothered me. Well, and both of them seem to be coming from places of love. Yes, yes. Which um, I think is key. Contest, so, but yes, like again, like why are we talking to Rudy when we have like four <laughs> of the people on stage we could be talking to? That's key. I mean, it's fun to have these moments, but we didn't even like. I, I mean, granted, like Sherry didn't do anything, but we didn't talk to Eddie. We didn't talk to Eric. We barely. Eddie's brother got more screen time than Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> then to make things even worse, we get Brenda on satellite, and basically Jeff sets up a 
Don and Brenda have not spoken since the finale and basically sets up like, Don, do you want to apologize? And Don does. It's like, what does Don have to apologize for? Brenda should be apologizing for being awful. But at the same time, at the same time, they're setting this entire thing up and Don kind of lets it slip because Jeff is like forcing this to happen. And Don lets it slip that she already talked to Brenda at Ponderosa. Tried to, tried to. So Brenda basically just like walked away. Don had reached out several times yep. since then. And I also didn't like that Jeff made her apologize like five separate times. Like every time he's like, are you going to apologize? And Don's like, I already did. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't think that I'm sorry, Jeff. And, and Don, I don't think you have anything to apologize for. And Brenda can go right to hell as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I, I agree that Don doesn't need to apologize. I in my, shouldn't have. In my notes, I have the F word written so many times. I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but I'm like, F this, F that, we F are all a, of this. We are a family-friendly podcast. Yeah, exactly. I, every once in a while, we'll say something just like right on the edge where it's like it's allowed on network TV, but we don't typically do it. I'm like, should we re-record that? <laughs> and my notes are, are not safe for work right yeah, now. Yeah, NSFW for sure. And it doesn't even help that Don after the episode, Don got like bullied off of social media, off Twitter. She got harassed so much for voting out Brenda. It's like, screw all. any Anyone out there who's listening to this, who is mean to Don on social media, uh, I don't want you as a fan. Stop listening to this podcast. Go go away. Get Unfollow. And Unfollow. Just, well, and, and uh, as always, just be a good person yep. because all these people, they're people too. And we're so fortunate that our mistakes except for Ryan on this podcast, don't get amplified to audiences across the world. What, do you, what does that mean? <laughs> because you say stupid things on this podcast all the time. I've never said anything stupid. You, every other thing that you say <laughs> is stupid. Uh, so, But you know, we're choosing to be here, and they chose to be on Survivor. I understand that. Yep. But these are all real people. Don't be nasty. Just, just, just don't be nasty. It's easy. Don't be nasty. Malcolm's fan favorite. And we're done here in, in the most embarrassing reunion show ever. Luckily, they I think they took the feedback in consideration. And they, they never did anything like this again. I was shocked to hear that Brenda was second place. I, I and it was really close. Apparently. Yeah, 36, 35. Like stupid. Yeah. Anyways, a teaser from the beginning of the podcast. We're finally here. Ryan, what were you saying about uh, something with like Dark Ages, Blood versus Water, blah, blah, yes. blah. So next season. And they, they tease a lot is, is blood versus water. And and they don't really elaborate on what that means too much here, but that's the, the name of the season is blood versus water. And we're kind of left guessing. And in the next couple of weeks, it, it came out what this season is. It's going to be, you know, loved ones fighting each other. And then later on, it's revealed it's returning players and their loved ones. And so we just get to the end of this embarrassing ending of season 26. Everyone is very low on survivor. Not, not because of like Cochran's win, but just because the reunion show was so bad. You know, we've been going through the Dark Ages. We've had Redemption Island, uh, South Pacific, One World, uh, even Nicaragua you could throw in there. Everyone loved Philippines, but then Caramoan kind of back to their old self. And now Jeff whips out this new twist. We're going to have returning players again for the third season in a row. And the only break we had, because then we also had Redemption Island and South Pacific before that. And then Heroes vs. Villains not too long ago and the only non-returning player seasons. Very unpopular. I know you love it, but Nicaragua. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the meme season. And one world. And now we're doing another returning player season. And we're all just kind of fed up. And now the new twist where they're bringing their loved ones on. And basically, collectively, the entire Survivor community is like, oh, God. Are we jumping the shark? Is this the end of the show? Are we Are we really going down this road? Luckily, Blood versus Water turned out to be an awesome season. You know, even though they do have Redemption Island back, I think a lot of stuff goes right. And because they casted some great people, uh, it works out. Blood versus Water is a lot of fun. But yeah, this was kind of a... 
not the low moment of Survivor, but in the fandom at this time, this was a low moment in Survivor. It's just like, yeah, I, I can imagine just because everyone's everyone loves Survivor. Like people love Survivor. And if you're at this position right now and you're and you're watching this and you're you're knowing what's probably coming next, it's it's just a big groan and worry. Yep. Worry that the show is going to come to an end. Yep. Uh, it. We're and and little do we know that we're st- we're entering the the themed era. We're out of, of the dark ages. We, we don't know it yet, but we are out of the dark ages with twenty six. Shockingly, that the themed era is not the dark yeah, ages. Yeah, the themed era is fun for the most part. We're entering the carnival era of Survivor. Yep, and it's a, it's a lot more fun. <laughs> Let's wrap this season up and get this one out of here. <laughs> if Agreed. it's not if it's not obvious, I'm not a huge fan of this season. Let's get into best and worst player of the season. As a reminder, we only give it to people who make the merge. So we have Corinne and on. Corinne is eligible. She didn't make it on stage, but she is eligible for best and worst player of the season. Uh, Jake, you want to start us off with your best player of the season? That one's easy. It's Cochran. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will give a shout out to Don for growing from her first time, but I think. She's too nice for Survivor, possibly. Yeah. Um, and I hope that's not coming across as like, you know, toxic masculinity saying like, well, just because she's a woman, yeah. she can't do this. And the way that she plays the game is discounted. I That's not what I mean. Um, it's it's if you can't just play like a Kim Spradlin in that situation. A Denise might be a, a better a de- example. A, a Denise more closely you know, related. The mo- A mom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, moms do have a hard time playing Survivor, but they can win. Don yeah. is just a too nice of a person, I think. Yeah, and and because of how that manifests, we talked about how Cochran's insecurity manifested itself positively this time. Don's emotions manifested themselves very poorly yeah. this time. I also have Cochran. I, it's not even close. Worst player. Uh, this, one, this one I think might be a little more interesting. I'm very curious who you guys said for worst. What do you got? I mean, I have Philip because... Even within his own alliance, everyone said that he was a joke and had no chance of winning. So if you are the person who's driving every decision of the majority alliance and you still have absolutely no sway or pull or agency in your own win, that's it's kind of axiomatically him based on how I grade this sort of thing. So even though he played better this time around, he still had a 0% chance to win the game coming into the merge. So I have Philip. Okay. Josh. I, I also have Philip. Um, I think you can consider, you know, people like Sherry or even, you know, someone like Eric, but neither of them really did anything. And, and I would much rather give it to someone who's actively doing bad things. Sure. Did Philip do better than his first time? Okay. What uh, a bar. I'll give him that. Um, did he do some things that might, be considered good strategy maybe <laughs> that is the most credit that i'm going to give him i made the argument in the pre-merge uh it's basically the same thing it's basically he's seen as a joke and pe- they're just entertaining him while he's around and then they're going to get rid of him and then it's going to be over he would have no chance to win at the end because people don't think that he's actually doing anything in the game you know his his br rules and his uh his club that he puts together it is made fun of more than actually used as a tactic to advance himself in the game. So it, it's it actually wasn't even really close for me that it's Philip. I give mine to Eddie because I think he might be a zero strategically. He's likable, but that's all he's got going for him. I just think he was so kind of pathetic at this game. Everything he did was like he was trying stuff, but everything he did was wrong and bad and misguided. And yeah, he didn't have much of a chance. 
But yeah, I just like <laughs> I like Eddie a lot. He's so bad at this game. What's interesting is that if he's so bad, why would he have definitively gotten second place? Because he you know? he broed down with some people. And, you know, that's part of the game. That won Fabio the game. Yeah. He, he, he broed down with <laughs> Purple Kelly and Nayanka, right? Like, <laughs> I just think he and I think the least amount of agency in this game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, true. Like it, an embarrassing level of agency. For someone who took fourth place, it is embarrassing how little control he had over the game. Well, he, he was... He was goaded on the underdog alliance, but ultimately was voted out because of his X factor. You know, he's a wild card. So I mean, at least he was a good person, and he was a good sport. He built up that social game because it was all he could do. They basically came in with no power. They tried to do some things, and because they trusted Don twice, it got blown up. And because he trusted Andrew too much. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the most agency he had in the game was when he Actively accidentally sabotaged his own alliance. He, he accidentally <laughs> talked Andrea into flipping the vote to Michael. You know, and that's why I, I think I give it to him because I don't think he, I think he'll be the one person who had no good moves. Philip had good moves. Sherry had a good move. Eric's kind of a question mark, but you know he gets medically evacuated, so it's like, it's kind of an asterisk where I kind of didn't consider him just because it was a weird situation. So Eddie's my worst player of the season. Okay, let's get into Jeff Watch. Uh, Derek, do you have anything you want to say on Jeff Watch? But before you answer that, I want some. I want to throw something in. I have something to say on Jeff. Watch. You got Jeff Watch. All right, you take it. Uh, this, I think, I'm pretty infamous on this podcast for my disdain of Jeff Probst. That starts here. I think up to this point, when I first watched the first time, one through twenty-five, I was pretty much fine with Jeff. I thought he was a little annoying when he talked so much during the challenges. This is where I actively started to dislike Jeff. Okay, and that's just this is just uh, in your in your meta yep. in the Ryan meta. The only big notes I have on Jeff really come from the Brandon Hance situation and from the reunion show situation with uh, forcing Don to apologize to Brenda five times. Mm-hmm. Both of those situations should have been handled much better than they were. I know in the pre-merge podcast, we talked about the epic back massage that Jeff was giving yeah. Brandon to try and diffuse the situation and how, you know... Maybe he was in the dark about what was going on a little bit, and then ultimately... I don't buy it at all. You know, but he milked too much TV out of that. I didn't like it, and it came across as Jersey Shore reality television at times, and again, that's not why we watch Survivor. So I don't know if it was a product of the times and a product of what some executive out there said Survivor needed to be in order to get the the check to be cut out to them, but there were just some things that... I didn't like from Jeff as much. So those are my two big memorable Jeff moments from the season were uh, the Brandon Hans treatment and then the way he was kind of mean to um, Don at the reunion show. How about a weather report or anything? You know, the only thing I'm going to throw out for weather report, I, I do believe there was some rain, but it, the food situation, everyone seemed to be m- so miserably hungry. And I don't understand exactly what was going on because I know that Andrea, I think, got them rice and beans from the auction. But... Everyone seemed to be starving at the end, and that's never something that seems to be an issue in the final seven, final six of any Survivor season ever. There must not have just been much fish there or any, any sort of protein. So, so that's the only thing that I have to throw in on that. It, it seemed like it was a harder season, and not just because you know Eric was starving to death. Was starving to death. <laughs> so, Wasted. So that's my weather report. Josh, memorability Hello. consultant time. Uh, you always give us the most memorable moment of the season. And for the pre-merge, you gave us Brandon Hans. And the, and, the, and the back massage. So mm-hmm. first question is, what was the most memorable moment of the post-merge? And then does it dethrone the back massage? Sure. 
So I really only have two moments, and then I'll ask if you guys have anything to add on. So my two moments from the post-merge are, one, I'll, I'll sum it up to basically the the retainer teeth situation, but but more so, you know, yes, a little bit at Final Tribal uh, when the entire incident happens, but also, like, actually, like, when they're on the dock as well. And then the second one is the uh, double idol <laughs> play. Not from the Three Migos idol play, yeah. Yeah, so th- those are really the the only ones that I have. Did you guys have anything that you'd like to submit? The only thing I have is the Philip boot, really, which yeah, is the double idol. The three player. amigos double is mine for the post merge. Mm-hmm. And and that's the one that I was gonna go with. Um, was the double the double idol three amigos? You know the. There is the disgusting food challenge as well. That one's memorable to me because I know that I would fail those miserably. The double idol boot is the one that I'm going to go with for the post-merge. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be the one that wins. Yeah, fair. I know no one likes it, but it's it's brain enhanced. And ultimately, and, and I'm going to take a positive spin on it. Uh, the the positive uh, massage is really that's the mo- it's the massage guys not not the not the meltdown. Memorable doesn't Let's always mean good that. or bad. It's just it's memorable. All right, rankings. We gotta put us caramona in our season rankings. So so here's mine. Uh, I go uh, season twenty five: Philippines, Palau, Pearl Islands, Tokenshins, Vanuatu, Micronesia, China, Borneo, South Pacific, the Amazon. Fiji, Guatemala, Panama, Samoa, Africa, the Australian Outback, Gabon, Marquesas, Nicaragua, Heroes versus Villains, Karamoan, and then finishing up Cook Islands, All-Stars, Thailand, One World, Redemption Island. So which number is that? So that would be 21st place out of 26. All right. Interesting. Uh, I'll go next. Yep. So uh, at my number one, I still have Micronesia not being dethroned. And then I have China, Palau, Heroes versus Villains, Philippines, Token Sheens, Pearl Island, South Pacific, Amazon, Vanuatu, Guatemala, Australia, Nicaragua, Fiji, Panama, Borneo, Gabon, Africa, Cook Islands, One World. And then also coming in at 21st place is Survivor 26, Karamoan, Fan versus Favorites 2. And then rounded out by Samoa, All-Stars, Marquesas, Redemption Island, and Thailand. Exact same placement. Exact same placement. Very cool. Josh, oh, good for you guys. Mine, on the other hand, first place. No. So from the top, China, Pearl Islands, Micronesia, uh, Fans vs. Favorites, Heroes vs. Villains, Token Chains, Palau, Amazon, Vanuatu, Philippines, Borneo, Australia, South Pacific, Guatemala, Fiji, Panama, Africa, Samoa, Cook Islands, Nicaragua, Gabon, Marquesas, and then Karamoan, Fans vs. Favorites too. All right. So one spot below us. But yeah, yep. we're and all. Then follow- and then uh, wrapping up my list is One World, All Stars, Redemption Island, and Thailand. So we're all pretty much on the same boat. This one, yeah, lower tier, but not the lowest yep. tier. Exactly. There's there's some good stuff here. Not a lot, but there's some. Not a lot, including one elite moment. Um. Okay. So that that's Kermon. We move on to Blood versus Water season. We've all seen. Yep. Derek's first season of Survivor. Josh's second. My, I don't know what number. <laughs> Because I, I in the twenties, yeah. Because I, I, I think okay. So this is interesting because I, I watched Blood versus Water, and then I watched Australia and Africa for the first time because mm. I hadn't seen those two yet. So that was the, and and so Blood versus Water is where I started to become a legit super fan, where I, I got into it because mostly because I didn't know everyone who was returning on Blood versus Water. I couldn't remember some of the people. So I'm like, who are these people? I'll go watch Australia and Africa, and like, should I start rewatching Survivor? And I started getting really into like the subreddits and I uh, started reading like blogs and stuff. So. This is where I started to become a super fan, I think. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so I'm very excited to talk about Blood vs. Water. We'll be doing that next. In the meantime, social media. 
Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CastawayPod. You can go follow us on uh, Facebook and YouTube to see some videos, which is just Castaway Consultants. Our website is The Castaway Consultants, where you can look through all of our episodes there, search them around, see some blog posts from Ryan. Sometimes we do a little bit of TikTok as well. I post a couple of videos on there. But yeah, uh, reach out to us if you have any questions about anything. If you want to talk about blood versus water, bring up anything about it or anything about Caramon, we'll reply and maybe even talk about it on the podcast if you want us to to mention something about blood versus water go interact on spotify with the q a and the poll if that's your podcatcher of choice and you know what if you are a survivor former player and you listen to our podcast just let us know because we know that you're all super fans but we just want to see who is brave enough to step forward and let us know that you listen all right this has been the castaway consultants got nothing else for you good night <laughs>